0: There we go, a little confused here. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, squirrels and ocelots, mines and pipe fitters, tap dancers and brick masons. All are welcome here at Pawn, with Paul and the Proletariat. Heard Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. till noon, right here on 1320 WARA and all over the world at wararadio.com. We are live in studio today. Uh, Sheriff Paul Hero is joining us. Uh, There was an outstanding comprehensive article uh, about uh, Sheriff Hero's time as sheriff so far, which I printed out, had highlighted all kinds of different things I wanted to bring up, and then left it on my desk at home. Rats. Uh, Good morning, Sheriff Hero. Good
1: morning. I hate when that happens. I do stuff like that all the time.
0: It's not easy being this stupid, believe me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it was uh, an outstanding article in the New Bedford Standard Times, tried to call it up again down here uh but i had to pay for a subscription rats uh so i think we're just going to be able to uh, let this rip um without that in my memory from the uh column anyway um how long have you been sheriff now
1: uh, just over a year
0: okay and uh who wrote the uh the article in the uh uh new bedford standard times
1: Yeah, Frank Mulligan, and you should be able to access it without a subscription. I had no problem doing that. I don't know. I don't have a subscription, so uh, I'm not really sure what's going on there.
0: Yeah, I I don't know if it's something blocks on our computer systems here or what. I'm not sure what the deal is. But anyway, um, it was an outstanding article, things that have gone well. There have been more positive changes uh, down in the Bristol County uh, jail system in the last uh, year than there have been in the past twenty. Is that an exaggeration? Not to take any cheap shots at your predecessor, but is that, uh, is, uh, that is that accurate? I
1: don't know what happened for a lot of that twenty years or twenty five years that my predecessor was there, but there we're doing a lot of things different. There was um, you know a lot of things that needed to be done different. There was need for a lot of changes and. You know, like, uh, eventually I'm going to move on and somebody else will come in and say, nope, I want to do this and this and this differently as well. And that's why I, I think that at these, like, senior executive levels, whether you're mayor, governor, president, sheriff, you know, who, you know, at these executive levels, it's, it's probably a good idea to have turnover because, uh, you know, you, you, you kind of got to get new fresh ideas in there and we all have blind spots. So, um, I mean, I have my blind spots, but I'll leave on a high note. I won't overstay my welcome as sheriff, just like as
0: mayor. Yeah, term limits for Speaker of the House in the Massachusetts uh, State House wouldn't be a bad idea either. <clears throat> but You know, I actually, <laughs> here's the funny thing.
1: I was originally in favor of term limits for Speaker. Then I voted against it. But now I'm in favor of it again. Good. My thinking on it has gotten more and more refined. It's not that I'm a flip-flopper on that issue. You know, it's just that my thinking got more refined. Originally, I was in favor of it because I said, yeah, I like the idea of term limits for people in executive capacity. But then I was convinced by other people at the state house. well, it's not really executive capacity. It's legislative. It's, you know, and then um, so I said, OK, I'll vote, you know, to lift the term limits, which I regret. Yeah. And then um, I mean, wouldn't my vote wouldn't have changed anything. But then as I look at what the... the as I I learned more about, like, the capacity of the speaker, that's when I said, you know what, that really is an executive capacity. You're you're running in an executive capacity, the House. And so that's why my thinking has changed back to what it originally was. So, um, yeah, but I I think term limits are a good thing. I don't like term limits for legislative branch for, like, school committee or city council or state house or U.S. House, U.S. Senate. I don't like term limits for that, though, because... Term limits and those jobs destroy the needed institutional, institutional
0: knowledge. Yep. Yeah. Institutional memory. I thought that's where you were going on that. But regarding U.S. Uh, sheriff, uh, each term is six years, and uh, you've pledged to uh, to hold that position for one, maybe two terms, uh, because uh, not staying too long is good for you. But why is it better for the institution itself if there's turnover at the top of an organization? It's-
1: yeah, so it's good. You know, I don't want to go past two terms. You know, I might only do one term. You know, I've started fundraising for a second term. You yeah. know, but I, I, think that it's good to have somebody come in with a fresh perspective and you know implement new things. That's that's one thing. It's not just it's the, it's the implementation of new ideas and i can always try and learn about new ideas and get new ideas from other people and you know other organizations and that's great you know but then this is the other half of it which is that i have my own blind spots and i'm not like a certain level of complacency eventually sets in it's just human nature yeah. so i think that having somebody else come in after a, you know, whether it's 6 years or 12 years or you know well, like one term or two terms I, I think that having somebody else come in and say, okay, you know what? Um, Paul didn't see this uh, this issue that needs to be addressed. It, it was, or maybe he was comfortable with the status quo or whatever. So that that's why I think that it's healthy to have that turnover. It, it's both what the person has to offer, mm-hmm. but also what the person doesn't see. You know, like what they're not offering. Yeah. You know, it, it's both sides.
0: Yep. Um, is one of your blind spots a complete inability to talk sports with the corrections officers? We can talk mixed martial
1: arts. That is, that's Uh,
0: Okay, there we go. uh, Okay, I can
1: can talk about that. You know, I got no problem with that. I've been involved with that for 35 years, you know, one, like one level or another. But, um, yeah, it's, uh... Yeah, I I don't even, I mean, what's going
0: on with sports? Well, the question I was leading to, um, Bill Belichick might be out as Patriots coach after 23 or 24 years. And uh, based on your belief that there should be turnover at the top, I thought you would think that's a good thing that Bill Belichick might be moving on despite the uh, six Super Bowl championships in his career.
1: Yeah, I I think, I mean, I'm no expert on sports, obviously, I think everybody knows that, but I think just as a matter of management, it it is a good idea to have that turnover, Um, not that Bill Belichick is a bad coach or anything, but it's maybe time for him to move on to another team where he can just manage, uh, you know, a different, you know, bring his skill set somewhere else, maybe build up another team. I think, you know, we're we're just spoiled here in New England because we have such outstanding sports teams, and... You know, when we have a bad season, it's like it's the, it's the end of the world. Armageddon has come. You know? It's, 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 you know, Book of Revelations is finally being read. You know, oh. it's like,
0: yeah. Funny. Anyway, we're talking to Sheriff Paul Harrow. If you have any questions for the sheriff, you can text them into us at 774-287-6194 and become a remote correspondent. We'll give you an agent number because we love the show, Get Smart. But that number is 774 287 Six one nine four. You can also email the show at paul at wara uh, That's this Paul, not that Paul. Paul at wara radio uh, Care to give us a traffic report? It sounds like you're on the roads right now. Yeah, I'm driving on.
1: Um, I'm in Providence right now, heading 95 south. Just actually, at this very moment, I'm getting on 195 uh, to head to Dartmouth and. I think probably in uh, just about 10 or so, 10 to 20, 30 seconds, I will hit the traffic, which is the bottleneck going over the Washington Bridge of 195. Yeah.
0: Um, Any chance we can get some um, inmates on a work release program from the Bristol County Jails to help with that construction?
1: No, not a possibility for a couple of reasons. They can't leave the state.
0: Yep. (laughs) Uh, I mean, there might...
1: Yeah, maybe there's
0: some way we can make it, but generally speaking, can't leave the state. Okay. Something I wanted to bring up, um, uh, last week tonight, which is a show on uh, HBO on Sunday nights, John Oliver hosts that show, and it's kind of a comic look at uh, serious issues. And a few weeks ago, he did the issue of uh, medical care in prisons, and it's something I had never Mm -hmm. considered before I saw that a couple of months ago. And since that... uh, Since that program aired a couple of months ago, there's been all kinds of articles about how many, many states have farmed out medical care for inmates uh, to private companies. And I think this is a bigger problem in prisons than it is in jails. Uh, But they farmed out medical care to private companies um, whose interests are far more in profits for their stockholders than actually taking care of the prisoners' needs. Who's responsible for the medical care in the Bristol County jails right now, um, how much is uh, that costing uh, Bristol County, and are you satisfied with the care that the inmates are getting? How's that for a long question? Sorry, so <laughs>
1: I'm responsible. That's yeah. who's responsible for it. It's under me. It's uh, We do hire a vendor. The vendor um, has about a 12 or $13 million contract. It's uh, correctional psychiatric services, but it provides a lot more than just psychiatric services. It's, yeah. it's all-inclusive <laughs> We have um, a uh, a person who works directly for the jail. She's a j- uh, jail employee, Judy Borges. She's the contract administrator. She's an attorney, and she's been doing this for over a decade. Um, she is uh, basically, as a contract administrator, she makes sure that the con- the CPS is in compliance with the contract. And if they're not in compliance, that's when we you know, might have an issue with them. So the you know the thing that a lot of people and I like to talk about this you know yeah. uh, that the medical care this is going to sound people some people you know especially conservative types yeah. might get a little bit annoyed with what I'm about to say, <laughs> um, but it's just it's just a fact. Yeah. Um, med- like inmates, whether you're in jail or prison, awaiting trial or sentenced, inmates are the only segment of our population constitutionally guaranteed health care. Wow. Think they, that. They, they have a constitutional guarantee to health care. Your child, I'm, I'm kind of, now I'm going to poke the barrel, but yep. your child does not have a constitutional guarantee to health care. You don't have it. Your grandmother doesn't have it. Your pregnant sister doesn't have it, but inmates do. And so I, I now that I've stirred the pot a little yep. bit, let me explain why. The Eighth Amendment. The Eighth Amendment basically is, it says... There will be uh, it's a ban on cruel and unusual uh, treatment, and if somebody is in the custody of the government, yep. uh, you know if they're awaiting trial or sentenced, they're an inmate, and uh, you know they need medical care. To withhold that would be cruel. So by default, inmates, again, a jail or prison, yep. awaiting trial or sentenced, by default, inmates are constitutionally guaranteed
0: health care. Wow. Yeah, we're the only developed country uh, in the world where healthcare is considered a privilege, not a right. Rats, but it is a right uh, for inmates. Um, It's a it's a right for inmates, but it's not
1: a it's by constitutionally it's not a right for anybody else. But it's by default, it is a right for inmates, and that might really annoy some people to hear
0: me say that. But that that's just the way it is. And again, that's not your rule. That's in the constitution the Eighth Um, Amendment. Yep, and again, um, you're uh, responsible for uh, keeping the inmates locked up. You're also responsible uh, for their medical care. How about their psychological care, and how does the inmate's psychological care um, relate to the psychological needs of the uh, correctional officers?
1: Okay, so the uh, medical
0: care includes
1: uh, psychiatric treatment, psychological treatment, includes drug treatment, mental health treatment, so all of that. And then we have you have your acute needs, which are sharp and pressing, and they need to be addressed like right now, yeah. uh, whether it's medical or mental. And then you've got your more chronic issues that are going to after release and going back into society. Right. And it's in everybody's interest that we address these, whether they're acute or or uh, more like uh, like per, like pervasive, and they, they go on um, into when somebody's released because before. The staff who have to work with inmates, addressing their medical needs, whether it's like a disease um, or, you know, a virus or something, that's in the interest of the staff. It's in the interest of humanity, but it's in the interest of the staff, too, so they don't get sick. The same thing with, you know, the mental health. You know, that is also in the best interest of the staff as well to make sure that mental health, because you have people who can be potentially very violent, uh, people who can be. Uh, real squeaky wheel because they yep. are uh, they got some type of um, oh gosh, I'm just blanking on the, the actual uh di- disorder. For I've got a degree in psychology and neuroscience, uh, I'm forgetting what the actual disorder is, but it's somebody who really wants a lot of attention. I'm just uh, there's, there's many of there's many types of Munchausen syndrome. Modern. Munchausen is one of them, Munchausen's yeah. an interesting one. I actually yeah. know somebody with Munchausen. Oh. Um, so um, there's also Munchausen by Proxy. That's right. actually that's a really interesting one. I know somebody with that where they projected things onto their kids. Oh, that was that was pretty tough watching. Yeah. But um, yeah. So so that's all in the interest. Now addressing the mental health of correctional officers and the staff. That's that's a whole separate issue. It's just as important um, and it is something we are ramping up on we're expanding our stress unit that we have at the jail we're doing a lot offering a lot more training to the members of the stress unit giving them a lot more recognition um it, like we're based uh we're doing away with our secondary which is kind of silly going why are you doing away with? that sounds a good thing our employee assistance program our eap but we're kind of double paying you know we're paying for it yeah like, uh, twenty thousand dollars a year when it's already offered by the state so this big shady contract issue involved with that, but, you know, it's one of the issues that I've had to, uh, like, look into and address, but, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things, you know, just the, just the mental health of the correctional officers, you know, giving them, um, you know, a small Christmas bonus just shows them that they're appreciated, it kind of lifts the spirit a little bit, it's um, you know, recognizing the promotions, graduations, yeah. retirements, um, you know, the things like that, just Help with the overall atmosphere of the uh, the, the kind of just, okay. I don't know, the I know the morale, the morale yeah. of it, which boosts boost to self, you know, to their uh, mental
0: health. So, uh, yeah. We got to get to a break, but Agent Twenty Seven has texted in at seven seven four two eight seven six one nine four seven seven four two eight seven six one nine four. At first, it sounds outrageous that a prisoner is entitled to medical care that I'm not, but when you think more about it. Healthier prisoners, mentally and physically, makes the guards—and I think she means correctional uh, officers—makes the guards' job easier. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if
1: you just visualize what it might be like in some Latin American prison or somewhere in, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like the Middle East where they really don't address (laughs) that, you've got somebody who is— you got somebody who's got a disease, they have an infection, and then, it, you know, they're sitting there dying, but then they infect somebody else, and that person might only be in there for a brief moment, and then when somebody dies, you know, when they're locked up, you know, the family on the outside are saying, what the heck happened? Yeah. I mean, like, the, more than 50% of our, you know, population is awaiting trial. Um, you know, in in jail. So a lot of these people are, you know, charges are dropped. They go back to their homes and their families. And you don't want somebody dying in jail when they were never even uh, found guilty of something. You don't want anybody dying in jail for any reason. But, you know, certainly not somebody who is awaiting trial, you know. So like I said, certainly not anybody.
0: All right, we're talking to Sheriff Harrell. We're going to take our first break, make this a quick one, and come back on the other side. We have some other issues to get to. Again, you can email the show at paul at wara dot. Or text your questions into to 774-287-6194. We'll be right back on 1320 W.A.R.A. Hey. Nailed the dramatic pause. <laughs> all right. Welcome back to Pontificating with Paul and the Proletariat here at 1320 W.A.R.A. All over the world at W.A.R.A. We're talking to our sheriff, Paul Hero, until the top of the hour. Uh, let's see. Um, on this day, January 9th, 1776, Common Sense, a pamphlet, Common Sense, was published by Th- uh, Thomas Paine. And that was basically a clarion call uh, to the regular guy in the colonies uh, about the need for a revolution against Great Britain. And it was a screed against uh the whole concept of royalty itself. Uh, will you be celebrating the anniversary of Common Sense coming out on this day in 1776?
1: You know, I often say Common Sense is a superpower for some people. Um, mm. But, yeah, no, I, I did not. I know of Thomas Paine, and I know of the trees on Common Sense, but I did not know today was the
0: anniversary Yeah, of that. no, it's amazing, you know, uh, George Washington had it printed up and distributed to the troops. It helped with recruiting for the Continental Army. Uh, and again, it helped the, um, uh, the little guy get behind it. Uh, but it's interesting. Um, he ended his life. When he died, he was basically a, a, a broke pauper. Um, he spurred revolution here, and then he went over to France and was part of the revolution in France. But then he got in trouble when he was preaching reason over religion. Uh, keeping God out of religion. It should be based on logic, reason, and laws. Um, that uh, angered a lot of people. You can't, you can't go after God. And uh, basically, when Thomas Paine died, there were only six or seven people at his funeral, and he was dead broke, and he was the man that inspired revolution in this country. Rats. Yeah, good for him. That's,
1: I guess that's quite a life.
0: Yeah, exactly. And he was quite the lefty. So, you know, for our conservative listeners, the man who motivated the revolution, a real left-winger, kind of like the guy who wrote the uh, Pledge of Allegiance, uh, was a socialist preacher. Yeah, interesting. Um,
1: Wasn't it it the case that originally the Pledge of Allegiance didn't use the word God in
0: it? It did not. Under God was not put into the um, Pledge of Allegiance until 1954, uh, when Eisenhower wanted to show the world that uh, we were a nation that believed in God, unlike those godless atheist commies over there in Russia.
1: Yeah, and, and it was also the case that, you know, in God we trust was not always on our money. Right. And when politicians take the oath of office, you know, when they when it said, so help me God, I think it was George Washington that added that at the very end, but it wasn't originally part of the oath. Right. He just, he just threw it in there and it's become a custom ever since.
0: Exactly right, and on this day in 1958, uh, but up uh, and up, President Dwight D. Eisenhower, in his State of the Union address to Congress, warned of the threat of communist imperialism, uh, which led to the domino theory, uh, which led to the wars in Vietnam all those years later. Rats! Um, uh, guess what happened 110 years ago today.
1: Okay, so that would be uh, 110 years ago. That would be, what, eight, eight?
0: 1913, 19- President Richard 19- Milhouse Nixon was born. Will you be celebrating Richard oh. Nixon's birthday? No, I won't. No, I will
1: not be <laughs> celebrating his birthday. No. He's not a crook, according
0: to <laughs> Anyway, we're talking to, uh, to Sheriff uh, Paul Hurot. Last time you were on, and, and uh, the... The sheriff is with us uh, the second Tuesday of every month. We started getting to a little bit of a discussion about uh, capital punishment and how uh, pursuing capital punishment, and again, we can there's a whole entire moral argument behind that, but how pursuing capital punishment is, believe it or not, more expensive than locking people up for the rest of their natural-born lives. Why?
1: It's pretty simple, actually. The legal fees, um, the, uh, the appeal process... And I know a lot of people, you know, especially conservative types, might say, well, get rid of the appeals. You know, end of story. You know, then they just these people shouldn't get endless appeals after 20 or 30 years. And to which I would respond, then you absolutely will start uh, executing people who are not guilty of the crimes they were you know, wrongly convicted of. Yeah. Because we've had people uh, dozens and dozens of people exonerated after 30 years. We've had hundreds of people on death row. We've yeah. had hundreds of people exonerated from death row after being on death row for 20 years, and we've had uh, thousands of people exonerated uh, from death row after having been on there for 10 years. So, if you know society, and I'm not okay with this, but if society is okay with in- executing innocent people, yeah. um, you know, as getting rid of the, uh, the appeals process. You know, so that way we don't have, it'll be no longer more expensive. Okay, fine. I hope that's not your friend or your family member, uh, you know, or just that's not the nation you live in. It's not how the nation I want to live in. But yeah, that that's why it's because of the necessary appeals process.
0: Okay. We're talking to Sheriff Paul Haro. You can text in your questions at 774-287-6194. The article in the Assos, New Bedford Standard Times recently about your first year uh, as sheriff of Bristol County, uh, talked a lot about efforts towards uh, making sure inmates don't come back to Bristol County jails. And one of the best ways to do that is to prepare them for release. What are some of the projects that you have going on at the jail and new hires at the jail uh, to uh, help inmates when they get out, not come back?
1: Yeah. So there's two kind of camps of thought on this. There's two ways of thinking about it. One is make life so miserable for them. They don't want to come back. Okay. And, you know, that, that's, it failed over and over again. That yeah. just that approach just doesn't work, you know. It's, uh, a lot of the people that end up in jail, uh, you know, they they're notorious for making bad decisions and just making life miserable for them. It's just it's there's it, it, no rehabilitative effort. Sure, maybe that's punishment, okay, but there's really no rehabilitation or uh, you know involved in that type of thinking. So we basically have to approach it from two different uh, angles. One of them is. The way somebody thinks while they're locked up, and that includes the skills that they have to go back into society, um, so their the drug issues, their mental health issues. So that addresses their thinking. And the second one is the resources needed for successful reentry. So the, if we look at the first thing, the, the thinking, that's uh, like mental health. It's drug addiction, drug treatment. It's... Um, getting an education, getting a, a skill so you can go back into the world and have something to offer, vocational training of some sort. It's uh, cognitive behavioral therapy with relapse prevention. It's anger management. All of those things, those are programs, uh, approaches that we offer inside the jail. And that changes people's thinking. But once you're releasing somebody, you also have to think, okay, they've been locked up for two months, six months, two years, two and a half years. If yeah. it's prison, could be longer. Um now you're locked up. Now where are you gonna live? You need housing, health care, and a job. And then you also need the kind of nuts and bolts logistical supports, getting an ID, making sure you have transportation to get to your housing. So housing, health care, and a job, those are the pillars of prisoner reentry. And you know, the health care includes mental health and substance abuse uh, treatment. So those are so we're I'm trying to I'm not trying, I'm structuring the jail to address those needs. In a much more organized fashion, because previously they were kind of just blurred together, and it was they didn't have enough staff. Um, previously, there were four staff dedicated to the reentry unit. I'm going to be hiring up to forty, um, yep. maybe as many as forty, I should say. Um, that that those folks are going to help with, like I said, the housing, health care, and a job. The programs that we're offering, as of right now, and I've been there a year. I, I need to put people in place to record data but um as of right now we actually don't know if our programs work if they reduce recidivism we really don't know because we, we haven't measured them we hope they do yeah we, we but if you don't measure them you don't know you can't just assume it you have to actually do the work and measure so well that's something i'll be tackling in, in short time um it, it doesn't take long to do once i actually start doing it it's just but past year has been cleaning up a lot of messes, but mm-hmm. the. Um, but yeah, those are basically the two approaches I'm looking at change the people's thinking while they're there and you know and everybody's different that's why I have a lot of different programs but change their thinking while they're there and then give them the support they need when they are going back into society like setting them up with a job and you know making sure they have a place to live you know so they're not homeless and breaking into your shed you know to just yep. to get out of the cold so you know so Those
0: are the two approaches, the mental and the resources. Okay. Boy, the remote correspondents have started rolling in, so let's read these and then get some quick responses. Agent 95 writes, The reason why capital punishment is so expensive is because of, gosh darn, although he didn't write that, gosh darn liberals like you that donate to the ACLU and tie it up in court for years. Ask this fool of a sheriff in the last 20 years who has been executed uh, using DNA, proving they were innocent after the fact. This guy's an idiot.
1: Okay, well, I would like to respond to that. The Agent 95 is actually an idiot um, because, uh, you know, uh, first of all, I've never donated to the ACLU, but I... I have. Okay, does Agent 95 oppose civil liberties Civil rights? That's what he's saying? Because an opposition to the ACLU is an opposition to civil rights, which is basically what the, the Bill of Rights is all about. So is Agent 95 against the Bill of Rights? Because that's what I'm hearing. But I digress. Yeah. So um the the fact of the matter is with you know we don't actually have the death penalty in Massachusetts. I, I gave my maiden speech as a state representing opposing the reintroduction of it in Massachusetts. Yep. And I might, I'm going through a tunnel under City Hall right now in Fall River. I might block out. Okay. Can you still hear me I got you, yep. Facility? We got you. Okay, good. I sometimes block out when I'm going through this tunnel on 195 under Fall River City Hall. So, all right, so, um, but, you know, as far as the death penalty goes, if you look at the states that have the death penalty... They have a higher murder rate than the states that don't have the death penalty right. by quite a significant margin. So if the death penalty were a deterrent right. for murder, the states with the death penalty would have a lower murder rate. Right. But they don't. They actually have a higher one. And, you know, one from one point of view, you could say, well, the states that have the death penalty, you know, they have a higher murder rate. And, you know, that so if you have the death penalty you're actually spending more money because of the appeals process. And if you're spending, if the state, the state government's spending money on the appeals process, well, that's money that they're not investing in potential rehabilitation. So, I mean, but that's, people can look that up. That's just a fact. The states with the death penalty have a higher murder rate. So, therefore, any claim of deterrence of using the death penalty is just nonsense. And Agent 95, I look forward to five years from now when you become the new sheriff of Bristol County because you'll stick your neck out there like I have and you'll run against me and you'll win because you got the better, more intelligent uh, and more visionary approach to corrections yep. in the 21st century. So good luck yeah. with that, Agent 95.
0: Yeah, and uh, I am a fan of the American Civil Liberties Union, Civil Liberties uh, Matter, uh, but it's the Innocence Project, a different organization, the Innocence Project. Uh, which uh, really uh, funds uh, so many of our uh, cases uh, where they feel people have been jailed or punished um, well, inappropriately. Yep.
1: You know, you know, I'd love to talk about innocence. Okay, so let's talk about the Innocence Project for a second. My, my um, general counsel at the jail, uh, Gretchen Bennett, she's the former executive director of the New England Innocence Project. Oh, wow. She you know, Yeah, so that was quite a get to get her. And yeah. she's also the former chief counsel at the statehouse who wrote our laws. Um, but that's my general counsel, the person who's to run it. But the Innocence Project, let's, people, before you think, oh, the Innocence Project, a bunch of lefties, a bunch of liberals, think about their mission. It's different than a defense attorney. Yep. A defense attorney
0: is, you know,
1: um, if you were to say a prosecutor's on the right and a defense attorney's on the left, which I think is an absurd characterization yep. of those two roles, but if, that, if that's your simplistic way of looking at it, the um, Innocence Project is actually right in the middle. Because the Innocence Project, what they—they're not actually trying to get people off who are uh, who might be guilty. They don't really, you know, they, they're just making sure that people who are like not guilty are not convicted, which is different. A defense attorney doesn't actually look necessarily at whether or not somebody is guilty or innocent. That, that's not really their concern. What they're concerned is that they're uh, the process by which somebody is going to be convicted is, you know, um, by the process by which somebody was investigated and arrested, didn't violate any rights. So that actually doesn't really have much to do with whether or not somebody's guilty or innocent. That has to do with the process of getting to a conviction, whereas Innocence Project, they want to they look at something and say, wait, 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 this person is actually truly innocent. Yeah, you know, and, and here's you know, so they have a slightly different role, and I find you know innocence projects to be more midstream, which mm-hmm. is again people who are conservatives say, oh, just lock them up, just lock them up. It's like it's just like Neanderthal simplistic thinking.
0: All right, uh, I've got to get to a break. we got a couple more questions from Agent 95. Agent 27 has chimed back in. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, then come back on the other side with uh, Sheriff Paul Hero. You're listening to 1320 uh, W.A.R. Hey. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Uh, Sheriff Paul Huro will be with us for about another, uh, what, 24 minutes or so. Uh, let's move fo- uh, through this quickly because there's other issues I want to get to. Um, Agent 95 writes back. Uh, where is it here? Uh, still never answered the direct question, how many people in the past 20 years... Uh, have been executed and then proven innocent using DNA. He's looking for an exact number there. I don't think we have that off the top of our head, do we?
1: No, I, I don't know what that is off the top of my head, but if you check the Death Penalty Info Center, uh, it's a really good uh, resource of uh, knowledge, you know, facts and figures on the death penalty. Yep. If that has happened, that would um that that's the place you would find that but let's let's dissect this question a little bit because i think agent 95 doesn't think in a very sophisticated manner um so if what i'm saying okay what i am saying is that the death penalty is more expensive than life in prison because of the appeals process and if agent 95 is saying well hold on a second how many people have been executed well if, if the answer is zero, if let's just say for the sake of argument, Agent yep. ninety five, the answer is zero. None have, you know what that proves that proves the appeals process works. Okay, in that yep. you need to have that appeals process. But not all death penalty cases involve DNA evidence. This is not C S I. You gotta watch something more than NBC or C B S or A B C in these you know, these fictional shows yep. that are on T V. You know, you gotta get your you know, an education more than just watching the boob tube. Okay, yep. so you know, the but the appeals process is what keeps us from executing innocent people. Yeah, that's what that's what and that's my point. And that's why it's so expensive. So yeah. on the you, you just, so Asia 95 complained about the expense of it. But the very thing he's complaining about, the expense and supporting this, is the very thing that keeps us from executing innocent people. Because not all, like I'm repeating myself now, not all death penalty cases involve DNA evidence. In fact, I would argue probably the vast majority don't.
0: Okay, and it's interesting, it was either 2014 or 2015, actually did some work uh, for the Innocence Project. And, um, you know, you go back to the founding of this country and the court of law... Eyewitness testimony was the most important, most, quote, reliable, end quote, form of testimony. And here we are 200, 250 years later, and there's been so much research um, about the the, the lack of um, assuredness, or the, uh, what's the right word? Uh, The lack of the reliability to count on eyewitness evidence because so often uh, eyewitness testimony is uh, faulty and not 100% ironclad
1: yeah so reliability places an upper limit on validity you know something that's reliable is you know something you could you know get a result from time and time again over and over again but you don't get that with eyewitness testimony so eyewitness testimony is not a valid way to uh, do things now some people might get it right but, you know, the fact is that most a lot of people don't. I would encourage people to read a book that's probably about t- over 20 years old now, but it's a fantastic book. It's called The Seven Sins of Memory by Daniel Schachter. He, at the time, he was the chair of the psychology department at Harvard University. And But it's, again, The Seven Sins of Memory. It talks about how imperfect our memories are yep. and how, you know, it kind of spends a little bit of time, I think, if I'm, I'm, i I'm you know, making the point right now. I, yep. I read it over 20 years ago, so I don't remember if it talks about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it certainly, you know, it certainly is useful in understanding how imperfect memory is, yep. as I okay. comment about how my memory is
0: not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Agent 95 has got some other questions. and I, I want to get some other people here. Uh, we will get back to your other question, though, 95. Um, Agent 27 uh, writes in another long, remote correspondence. Please allow me to paraphrase because uh, time is short. If you look at page A8 of today's Sun Chronicle, uh, Governor Maura Healey no relation, and she spells it wrong. She has that extra E in there. Uh, Governor Healy makes $375 million in budget cuts, reductions in response to expected $1 billion shortfall in the Massachusetts budget. Uh, and allow me to paraphrase your question, Agent 27. Is that going to affect Bristol County Jail's budget or any of the uh, other 12 uh, county jail budgets in the state of Massachusetts? And not to my knowledge. Uh, the, I've seen what the 9C cuts
1: are looking like right now, and I don't think they're going to impact us right now. So I don't think that's going to be much of a concern for us. Um, yeah, it's I, I wish the governor, you know, the best uh, navigating this. You know, I, um, I don't know it's, it's, it's a tricky situation that she's in right now. It's you know, we, we all deal with situations like this when you're in government. Though
0: so. Was that the Braga Bridge you were just driving across?
1: No, I I finished the Braga Bridge about 10 minutes ago. I'm actually on on Font's Corner Road just driving by the uh, (laughs) State Police Barracks right now and probably about, I don't know, half a mile from the entrance to the jail.
0: Okay. Uh, 774-287-6194 is the number if you have any questions uh, for Sheriff Harreau. 774-287-6194. Is a number. Ah, oh, rats. Speaking of memory, where was I going next? Oh, by the way, you recommended the book, The Seven Sins of Memory. Who was that author? Daniel Schachter, he's the former okay. chair
1: of psychology department at Harvard. He, maybe he's a chair again, I'm not sure, but okay. I think 20 years ago when the book was published, or it was over 20 years ago, yep. he was the chair. I, I read it when I was an undergrad. Uh, not
0: to psychology. be confused with Daniel Schachter, the news dissector in the old days at WBCN, and we sure as heck know that Daniel Schachter is not the president of Harvard University, that position currently being vacant. Uh, I would also recommend Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blank, uh, for... Um, Uh, not only uh, eyewitnesses of crime scenes or people interrogating uh, suspects or even referees in uh, sporting events. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell goes on to explain about how so often we see what we expect to see and what's not really there. But uh... Yeah, sensation and perception are two different
1: things. There's entire courses in psychology, like an undergrad, you can take. When I was at USC, uh, University of Southern Cal, There was a a course that was offered titled Sensation and Perception, and those two things, they're not necessarily the same thing.
0: Exactly right. Uh, Agent 5 is texted in. I'm just going to make a note because I do want to get back to Agent 95's other question. We'll save that for the end because I think that will be a good summary topic. Uh, Agent 5 writes, Hello, good morning, Paul, and Sheriff Paul Huro. Thank you for the informative interview. Uh, Agent 95 loses his argument when he starts name-calling. I feel the death penalty is a permanent non-solution, as the sheriff said, because of the possibility of killing an innocent. And my brother Rich, a stone-cold atheist, as my brother Rich says, if you believe in God, how can you believe in the death penalty? But that's a different topic. Um, Let's move on here. Hold on. Get this here. Uh, 774-287-6194 is uh, the number. Uh, Very quickly, what are the staffing levels like? Right now at the Bristol County Jails, and what are you looking to approve upon at staffing levels in the future?
1: So when I started, we were probably about 100 correctional officers behind where we should be, you know, and um, oh. we've, you know, graduated a class of 22, a class of 27, and now I have a class of many
0: as 50 going to start in wow. March. And, yeah, it's a huge... Well, hold on. You were parts. thrilled about a class of 27. Now you got a class of 50 coming in. Yeah. Wow, I didn't see those numbers coming. <laughs> Yeah, we're
1: doing a lot of things differently. And with recruitment, especially, I mean, previously, as I, as I was told, and I, don't, I wasn't paying attention, but I wasn't looking at it, but I was told that the way the, um, the recruitment went before was that people would, you know, like the, the organization would just post on the website, there was no outreach. I actually took one of our uh, best captains and made him the, uh, like a recruiter, you know, a full time recruiter. Huh. And he goes to the community colleges, he goes to job fairs, and he's real. And we we're doing Google advertising and Facebook advertising. We're doing things that we've never done before, and so uh, we're bringing a lot more people in. We're getting better quality candidates. Everything is just—it's it, really on the up. One of the um, things I'm excited about is that. Of, it's at some Right now, when we have a typical housing unit, you've got two correctional officers on first shift, two on second shift, and one on third shift. Yeah. What I'd like to do, and then when somebody calls in sick, they oftentimes then have, you know, we have to force somebody to, uh, you know, first we offered up a volunteer, but then if we can't, we force somebody to work. So what I'd like to do is actually have three people, three people, and two people on each shift. That way it's safer for the correctional officers yeah. We can provide more safety for the inmates, but then also when somebody calls in sick, we you know can maybe just you know instead of like forcing somebody uh, you know do a different situation where we you know we don't have to like force somebody to say okay you know you um, we'll we'll roll back you know to the the practice that we have right now. So I want the practice we have right now is yeah. you know the minimum it's the minimum acceptable standard, but it's um, I, I want to make it better than the bare minimum.
0: Okay. Uh, A couple of things very quickly. A new texter here who will call Agent 38, based on the last two numbers of their uh, phone number. Uh, You okay? Yeah, I just actually, I'm getting out of my car. I'm in the parking lot, so I'm going inside
1: the jail,
2: or in my
0: office. Sounded like a fender bender there. I was worried. Uh, Watch your your step on the ice there. Uh, But Agent 38 writes... um, I'm not on Agent 95's side, but I do have concerns. You twice mentioned, quote, change their thinking, uh, programs to help the inmates change their thinking so they're more successful uh, once they reenter the world. Um, change their thinking, end quote. Is that really possible?
3: Yes, it is. It, okay, so a
1: program, sorry about the doors, I'm just going. Okay. <laughs> The, um, the program. Hold
0: on, that reminds me of the start of uh, Get Smart, where Maxwell Smart is walking through all the different doors uh, to get to the uh, control agency. <laughs> so a, a program that works is going to reduce recidivism by 10 to 15 percent,
1: maybe, 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 maybe 20 percent. It's very rare to get that high, though. So if you're reducing recidivism by 10, 15 percent, what that means is 10 to 15 percent fewer people are coming back. And that's out of the people who participated in the program, 10 to 15%. So what you've done is you've reduced it. You haven't eliminated it. And that's the important thing that people need to understand about programs is that programs that work reduce, not eliminate. Whenever I hear, and I've heard this many times over the years, I've been in corrections, which is, you know, not a lot, but, yeah. it's, you know, um, whenever somebody comes in and says my program reduces recidivism by 80%, I say, you know what? I bet my mother's life on it. You're wrong. Because (laughs) nothing reduces recidivism by 80%. You know, like nothing does. It just doesn't happen. Um, You know, the best you're going to get is a 15%, 15, maybe 20, uh, you know, but it's, if you add post-release support, housing, healthcare, and a job, you can then bump that up to the thirties. But that means, uh, you know, so relapse, is part of this you might say well if you can't if you know not everybody is benefiting why do it because those people that you can help that's why you do it It, that means there's fewer people coming back into the system and that's fewer and we're actually uh, programs are far more cost-effective
0: than locking somebody up all right um sheriff was on the phone with us have i called you mayor yet not today oh Okay. I I think I just jinxed myself. Uh, We've got 11 minutes to go. Let's hope I can keep that strong. And I'm going to postpone our last commercial break. Um, uh, Very quickly, uh, you never answered the question, name one person that was found guilty, who was uh, found not guilty, who was executed in the last 20 years. What was that website you said where that information could be found? (laughs) Okay, so the website is called Death Penalty Info Center, and I'm not going
1: to give you the fish. I'm going to teach you how to fish. And there it okay? is. So, yep. I, so I, just, you know, I just gave you the resource that you can go and find that information if it exists. Like, yep. so, and again, Agent 95, you're, your thinking is very basic. It's very simplistic. Well, your argument is that the appeals process is what's causing, yep. you know, like you, you're agreeing with that. The appeals yep. process is what makes the death penalty so expensive. So if we get rid of the appeals... You will start executing innocent people, yeah. and once okay. again, not every uh, like murder case Whoops. involves DNA evidence. That's just not how it works, you know. So yeah. stop okay. watching CSI <clears throat> and you know, like get get with the real world.
0: <laughs> okay, rats. My phone, oh, rats, it just froze, and I'm trying to get back to, to uh, uh, the last point here. Seven seven four two eight seven six one nine four is the number. Seven seven four two eight seven six one nine four. Um, but up, up, but up. All right. Well, that's not gonna. Well, I'm waiting for my phone to unfreeze. Uh, let's go into our uh, national issues for just a second, unless there's something we haven't come up yet, something new going on at the jail that you want people to know about.
1: Uh, we can always talk about stuff next month. What you have in mind Okay, well, just quickly,
0: um, how do people uh, get in touch uh, with the jail uh, if they are interested in employment opportunities there?
1: Just go to our website and click on the tab that talks about jobs, you know, careers, employment. It's, um, that's the best way. If, they, if somebody needs to get in touch with me, just reach out to my aide, Hadley, at the, uh, on, she's on the contact page. Yep. And, you know, everything. We, we, it says info at BCSO, like as the email address. Even though it says info,
0: that actually goes directly to her, and um, we check every email. Okay. Uh, Agent 13 and a half I think I just hung up on you, uh, but I am in studio today. So, um, you know, you can call in at 508-222-1320. Um, I'm not in the man cave today. I'm in studio. Didn't mean to hang up on you though. Uh, The same ACLU will not take up the position of the Second Amendment. Oh, cut the crap. I don't even understand what that text means. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't and that, but
1: what, the, what cases they, yep. they take up or they
0: don't take up, yeah. Besides, you have the NRA doing that, so do you want people duplicating efforts? Do <laughs> yeah. you want to waste time like that? Oh, don't get me okay. started in the NRA tough week for uh, Wayne LaPierre, huh? Anyway, um, uh, in summary, uh, what are some of the projects you have going on at the jail? Um, the comprehensive article in the uh, New Bedford Standard Times. Uh, goes through all of them. But uh, in a uh, bullet point fashion, what are some of the projects you have going on at the jail uh, that are new and different from what's been going on there for the past 25 years?
1: We're looking at closing Ash Street. So in order to do that, that's one project is closing Ash Street. In order to do that, we need to put uh, locks on doors and toilets in cells. Uh, to, you know, that will make it a lot safer a, uh, or like a facility in Dartmouth. Um, the ash streets in New Bedford. So that'll save us millions of dollars by closing ash streets. Just not an efficient building. It's it's outlived its use. Um, so uh, that's one project. Another one is we are. Getting out of uh, having our training academy at a rented building across the street and we're taking the former ICE detainee building and turning that into a training academy, that will save millions of dollars as well. Once we retrofit, we're actually probably going to just be a couple months away from that being finished. Um, But uh, we have a contract to spend $150,000 a year across the street, whereas if we spend less than $100,000 in less than a year, we will then be able to do that. So that's another project. Okay. Um, you know, we are, you know, also looking at like another big like ongoing project is increasing the number of correctional officers we have. Right. You know, that's, uh, that's an ongoing project. Um, you know, there's, uh, like the, the yeah. how, like redoing the reentry effort, housing healthcare and a job. Yeah. That's a whole other project in of itself. You know, we've talked about that as well. Um, I mean, it's just, I mean, we've got, I mean the suicide issue. That was another hot button issue yeah. during the campaign. Um, we hired a consultant, and he came in and is, gave us a lot of it. twenty-three different things that we should do differently to reduce suicide. We're in the process of implementing all of those. I think actually at this at this point we are we have implemented all of them. But some of the things in practice we're doing, but we have not yet reflected in policy, like in writing. Yep. Um, so we just have to get up to speed with that. So, okay.
0: yeah, it's just, it's just a lot of things. Um, yep. uh, I'll, I'll hold it there. Um, I'm going to try to do this without hanging up on anyone. Uh, Agent 13 and a half has called in. Uh, are you there? Can you hear us?
3: Yes. All right, you have
0: a question for Sheriff Harrell?
3: Yes. Let uh, it rip. I'm a former military police officer, U.S. Army, and I had heard a rumor about Walpole Prison that when they have incorrigible inmates that are in maximum security, there are actually police officers or people that work in the building that kill the person and make him look like it's a suicide. Have you ever had come into that situation in your experience?
1: Whoa. I well, I'm glad you mentioned that the your uh, uh, rumor you heard because it probably is a rumor. I would strongly think because. I mean trying to cover up something like that would be really difficult because there's a lot of good people. Maybe there are some bad people who work in uh any organization, but to to cover up something that's going to be scrutinized so much as a death I just, I don't think it's really likely that it could be covered up. I mean, it's just, you got too many people involved and, you know, uh, people outside the organization, outside of DOC get involved with it. When we have uh, somebody who is uh, has committed suicide here or who has uh, died in our custody, the, the investigation is not limited to just the county jail. The uh, DA's office gets involved, the state police get involved as well. So there's checks and balances on that sort of thing. I think maybe in the years past, you know, 40, 50 70, Seventy years ago, it might have been easier for something like that to happen in a correctional facility like a Department of Correction or in a county jail. But I think now uh, it's just there's too many checks and balances. I, I would find that very hard to believe. I, I certainly I know Carol Meachie. She's the DOC commissioner. She and I worked together um, you know, for a couple of years when I was at DOC. And you know, and like, and I've, I've yep. worked with her a couple of times in my capacity as sheriff. I know that Carol would never approve of something like that. She, she would be uh, appalled to hear something like that.
3: Well, that's reassuring. Thank yep. you for your time.
0: All right, thank you. 13 half <laughs> half. All right. Um, I also, uh, it, if Agent Ninety Five, if you're still out, I don't want to pile on Agent Ninety Five. It's not like uh, he's alone uh, in ah, his thinking. Fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I you know, I, again, I see someone from a more conservative political uh, viewpoint. Um, and, and again, if um, one of the things I hate about 24 seven news channels, you know, I miss the old days of a half hour of local news, a half hour of Water Cronkite, and then we got on with our life. Uh, because 24 um, seven news on either side of the aisle has just become an outrage machine, keeping people angry at the other side. Well, uh, so I know not, we disagree with some of Agent 95's viewpoints, but I also don't want to pile on, because it's not like Agent 95 is alone out there. Um, <laughs> and there are a lot of people who look for black and white solutions to problems that are many shades of gray. Well, I mean, we could agree with Agent 95, but then we'd all be wrong. So, you
1: know, as far as the 24-news cycle goes, that a lot of that 24-hour news stuff that's really just entertainment. It's actually, it's about ratings, it's about money, it's right. about shareholders, and it's, a, it's intentionally provocative. They hire a lot of these talking heads, um, you know, they, you, like CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, they do have their regular news content, yeah. but then they have their, their talk shows, right. and those talk mm-hmm. shows are actually all about ratings and about money, and they hire talking heads that are going to bring in ratings.
0: Right, and that's... Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I try to get my news from nonprofit news sources. And back in the good old days, you know, when it was just the three major networks, uh, they ran their news outlets, their news uh, divisions uh, at a loss. They lost money, but they thought it was their responsibility as part of a democracy uh, to keep the public informed. And uh, it's amazing. We have so many more news outlets now than we did back in the day. But there's also so much more misinformation. Rats, Uh, I know we've got to go very soon. A couple of questions. uh, One serious, one more lighthearted. We'll go with a lighthearted one. Uh, Agent uh, 38 writes back, when will Karen Reed be in the Bristol County Jail? Uh, That's not your jurisdiction, is it, Sheriff?
1: Mm, Who's Karen Reed?
0: That's the case in Mansfield. Uh, She sadly, allegedly... um, Yes, I know I recognize the name. Okay, yeah, yeah, she... um, So... Backed over her Mansfield...
1: Yeah, Mansfield is part of Bristol County, but she, to my knowledge, she's not one of our inmates. Um, I think I know if we had a high-profile inmate like that here, but no, she's—I don't. She's not one of ours,
0: and that's a really interesting case. I, I know, you know. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing how that unfolds. Yeah, maybe we'll spend more time on that next time, and then uh, a follow-up question. But up, up, A part of your campaign was reducing suicides in the Bristol County jail system. How many suicides have there been in the last year since you took over? Is that number greater or lesser than previous data? Well, I like
1: that the person said in the
0: last year,
1: because in the last year is 365 days. I have not had any suicides in the last 365 days, but now... And people say, wait a minute, wait a minute, you had a suicide your second day on the job. Yeah, but that was
0: more than 365 oh, days of well. year. So I'm splitting hairs.
1: Yes. no. Um, so, we- so you're saying more
0: people have committed suicide due to listening to this show than to being in a Bristol County jail i uh,
1: <laughs> let you draw your own conclusion. No, we, yep. we, um, there was one uh, inmate suicide. The inmate arrived a couple days before I uh, started, yep. and the inmate, uh, 36 hours after I started my job, this inmate had committed suicide, wow. and with that suicide was reviewed, and it was one of the things we looked at to find out what went wrong with that. And that was one of the Lindsay Hayes recommendations because it was a consistent, something that was being done consistently wrong that could have been improved on. But you know, now, now we've improved on that. But I know some people, I mean, I remember seeing the Facebook chatter people. Oh my God, you said you were going to stop inmate suicide. They're like, I don't even know where my desk is in the office.
0: (laughs) You know, I I mean, I had, I hadn't even checked my email when that happened. I had just gotten there the day, before, literally the day before I'd gotten there. Well, the good news is there haven't been any in uh, uh, since that one. And we hope that we hope that continues. Um, the the whole goal of this show is my quest to become the benevolent czar. Uh, it will happen someday. But um, if you are the benevolent czar, and this is unfair because we're giving you a minute to uh, answer this question, if you were the benevolent czar, how would you solve the Israel uh, uh, Hamas problem and the Russia Ukraine problem? Well,
1: okay, so Israel. Hamas problem. Okay, if we had a two-state solution, we, um, that would be a huge step in the right direction. But we're not going to have a two-state solution so long as there are settlements going into the post. Um, sorry, the pre-1967 borders. Yep. You know. Um, so as long as Israel continues to have those settlements uh, and continue to make new ones, there's not going to be a two-state solution. But a two-state solution is is certainly. You know what's, what's needed um you know as far as ukraine and russia increased pressure on russia i mean that's the only i mean just you know the i think our political appetite for supporting ukraine is dwindling in this country sadly yeah president. Yeah, I think the polls are showing that, and just people can feel it. But I, I think that if, if Russia were to get away with what it's doing, um, it's only going to embolden it. I mean, it, it did something similar in Crimea, and it got a pass on it. But, it, but you know, I think yeah. you, you keep your, keep the pressure on Russia. You know, use the carrot and stick. You know, you continue on with the sanctions, continue yep. on with pressure. You continue um, But at the same time, you try to negotiate something with them. It's the best you can. Um, hopefully, Russia at some point gets a new uh, president. I mean, well, Vladimir Putin's been in there for, you know, talking about termless, far too long. It would be a really healthy thing for Russia and the world if he was, you know, no
0: longer the president. But that's that's up to the Russian people. Okay, a two-state solution, that's not going to happen as long as uh, Hamas is a uh, governing body over there or as long as Bibi Netanyahu and his ilk uh, are running things there as well. Um, And again, making a gray issue, black and white. Hamas are definitely the bad guys in Gaza, although I'm glad to see Israel is pulling back on their bombing now. Hopefully that'll cut down on the number of civilian deaths. Hamas, uh, they're the bad guys in Gaza. I'm pro-Israel, but Israel's the bad guys in the West Bank. Uh, Those settlements are illegal and immoral. Um, February 12th is the second Tuesday in February. You want to schedule um, your uh, next—I'm sorry, February 13th. Tuesday the thirteenth. Yes. All right. Well, so we'll talk to you again on Tuesday the thirteenth. I uh, thank you all uh, for the text you sent in. We didn't get to a couple at the end. If people do want to send a question directly to you, how do they do it?
1: Uh, best to go to the Bristol County Sheriff's Office website. Make sure it's Massachusetts Bristol County. Uh, send a um, an email that way, and that's that's probably the best way to get I me. Mean, you know, it, it goes
0: to the info email. That's not going into a black hole. We actually read those. Okay. And then for 50 points and a chance at our bonus round, who won the NCAA National Championship college football game last night?
1: Was it in Michigan?
0: Hey, you got it. All yeah. right. Yeah. The yeah. Michigan Wolverines with nine Massachusetts players on their roster.
1: Yeah, see, I went to the University of Southern Cal. We were Trojans. And so we have, back then it was called Pac-10. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so I I do a little bit pay attention to college football. And although during my time at USC, I never went to a single
0: college football game. (laughs) I first came after I graduated. Oh, wow. All right. Hey, uh, thank you, Sheriff Harreau. I made it through. I didn't call on the mayor once. First time ever. Uh, Have a good day. We'll talk to you in February. All right, thanks. Gotcha, Paul. All right. Okay. There, we, yep, there we go. 774-287-6194 is the number to text in. You can you can call the show at 508-222-1320. 508 1320 We got a couple of spots backed up. We'll be right back uh, on the other side. Yeah. Come on. Well, thank you. I was ready. The computer wasn't. Okay. Ow. All right. Welcome back. Um... <clears throat> couple hours to go here um we'll get back into more usual uh, pontificating with paul uh fair but i'm glad the sheriff uh could join us and again i don't want to pile on agent 95 i mean different points of view i'm glad you know we should listen more to the other side and the other side should listen more to us we've got to at least be able to communicate with each other can't we can't we heck we can laugh together sometimes in the show that stuff matters um but I got to set some things up here, so I need a couple of minutes. but up and up and up. Joan Baez is eighty-three years old today. I bet that uh, just perked up Agent Fives' ears. Huge fan. Got one of her songs planned a little bit later. Uh, Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin is eighty years old today. J.K. Simmons of insurance company commercials <clears throat> and some other interesting roles. How old is he? He's 69 years old, but Scott Walker, born Noel Scott Engel, born on this day in 1943, a singer with the Walker Brothers, remember their 1966 uh, big hit, reached number one in the UK, number 13 on this side of the pond. Uh, Walker began a solo career in 1967's uh, Scott moving towards an increasingly challenging Baroque pop style in the late '60s, with albums such as Scott Three and Scott Four in 1969. Um, people in the music biz thought those were incredibly uh, different albums. They didn't sell much because they were too experimental. Rats. Uh, but up and up and um. As a record producer, a guest performer, he worked with a number of artists. Uh but up but up but uh he passed away in 2019. But uh this song from nineteen sixty six, I haven't heard this song in ages. Ages, I tell you. So let's throw this on. Um <clears throat> it's uh about the weather in the next couple of days. We're gonna have high winds, we're gonna have lots of rain, and the sun's not gonna be shining much. Rats. Uh, we're gonna get back to that. The Walker Brothers, the sun ain't gonna shine anymore. I wonder what the other brothers did after Scott left the band. I haven't heard that song, I bet, in thirty years at least. That's a good one. Bursting into the studio, unannounced and uninvited. Art, right, actually, I dragged him in here. <clears throat> uh, multiple award-winning, breezy Dave Angel, the Professor. Hello, Dave.
4: Hey. Good morning. Good morning.
0: Uh, thanks for the email you sent me.
4: Which one was that? Oh, yeah. Go
0: okay. ahead. Tell the listeners. Go ahead. Go ahead.
4: You want me to? Yeah. It was a job play-by-play play for the Red Sox, but uh, Paul Paul's, Paul would rather be a big fish in a small pond. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: where is it? Oh, rats. I'm trying to find it.
4: It was WEI uh, Radio, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. WEI Radio. Uh, Joe Castiglione is uh, getting up there in years. Yeah. Uh, did he make the Hall of Fame or was he just nominated? Um, so they're going to be looking up- uh, yes, He will be if he's not- Yeah, uh, for here. a new radio guy. So uh, Dave sent me the link to apply for the job. And I said I'd love to, but gosh, John, it would interfere with my duties here in Attleboro. <clears throat> <laughs> I could, I do have some recordings though of my work in 2005 as the voice of the Worcester Tornadoes, champions of the Can-Am League, the Canadian-American yeah. uh, Independent League.
4: Yeah, you get you get fired in a day if you if you pulled the whole like turn over your shoulder and yell routine or whatever <laughs> or pull the mic slightly away yeah. and then still yell the sound engineers would be like this guy needs to go can we please get rid of him <laughs> oh god
0: um jim corbin might be calling in uh at about eleven fifteen or so if uh the kid who's taking the driving test today passes if the kid doesn't pass no. the driving test he'll be fighting it out with the kid's parents uh, so just in case Jim Corbin doesn't call in, what's going on weatherwise?
4: Just, just FYI, I learned thing when I brought my uh, my older daughter Alexi to get her driving test. I learned things that I never knew uh, because he's like giving. The, I'd like driving uh, testers are giving kids tips before they go out, which is very nice. Yeah, uh, things they'd always mess up. It's like, hey, when you uh, parallel park, make sure you put your blinker on. I was like, oh, I just put my my. Uh, my emergency blinkers on i don't actually put the blinker on but i'm like that's a good idea okay i never knew you're supposed to and there was like a few other things i was like oh you're supposed to do that yeah maybe they changed or maybe i just forgot and got into bad habits but um it's interesting all right so uh yeah let's let's talk about some weather all right uh today there'll be sunshine then clouds which will thicken by afternoon and uh chilly rain by dark
0: so um that rain. Chilly. Chilly rain, yeah. Chilly. Before I got into range, uh, that big news station out of Boston, uh, they were using adjectives far more aggressive than chilly.
4: Cold rain, icy rain.
0: Well, it was more the high winds they were warning us about.
4: Well, let's get into that. Hold on a oh. second. Chilly rain by dark. Sorry. This is when you interrupt. This is what happens. Uh, <laughs> high in the mid 30s. the Southeasterly wind, five uh, to 15 miles per hour. So those the are the winds. If the
0: person hiring the Red Sox yeah, new yeah. radio guy is listening, uh, please overlook the last 30 seconds of radio. Rats.
4: Yeah. You oh, and I just
0: interrupted again. Darn.
4: Yeah. You need a. Uh, you need the. <laughs> You need someone who doesn't talk, so you don't have too much to interrupt. It's like you need the like the best color guy in the business. Yes. like Bob Uecker. Yes, from Major League. <laughs> Not Bob, right. Bob yeah. Uecker's you. Yes, whoever the other guy is, <laughs> that other guy. Uh, rain uh, tonight will be it will be rainy, heavy at times, turning very wind, very wind. Uh, I think Missicord means very windy, turning yeah. very windy, mild, some flooding. Ooh, uh, spot spots of thunder. Temps rising to the low 50s. Southeasterly winds. And this is where it gets crazy. 25 to 50 miles per hour late tonight. Excuse me? 25 to 50 miles per hour winds late tonight. From which direction? Southeasterly. Okay. Yeah. All right.
0: So that means wow.
4: smacking you in the face. Yeah. From the sooth. <laughs> I, uh, tonight, uh, sorry, tomorrow will be early rain, uh, early in the morning. So that should probably be carrying over. Uh, strong winds still. Mild as far as temperature, I suppose. Uh, Sun and clouds by the afternoon, a high in the low 50s. That's early on. And then, uh, so we'll we'll have an early high and then we'll be falling into the 40s. So nice temperature wise tomorrow.
0: Not if you want to skate again sometime this century. Rats. Lake Winnipesaukee hasn't frozen over yet. Nobody can remember the last time Lake Winnipesaukee was unfrozen over, mm-hmm. Unovercomable? unfrozen, not frozen over uh by January.
4: So uh, all the ice fishers out there, ice are very fishermen depressed. uh be very sad uh who liked to uh, what's the one in um what's the one in Concord again where where Thoreau hung Walden out? Pond. Yeah, Walden Pond. All the ice fishers in Walden Pond are going to have to wait. <laughs> All right, uh, or Lake Pasaki. <clears throat> how do you
0: spell that? W O Wolf. Make it Lake Erie. I've got an uncle there. Da-dum-dum. Do you get that reference? Nope. Uh, it's for the three stooges. When they're the census takers.
4: Gosh, man. How would I how do I not know these 1937 cartoons? <laughs> I mean, uh not cartoons, sorry, uh shows. Shorts. Um on Thursday it will be mainly sunny with a high in the low to mid forties, and it looks dry for daytime on Friday. So a dry day on Friday. I love how he, it's not only does he, he gets like way less, I guess you don't have as many specifics and it can change. That's why. But Friday, looks dry. Like that's it. Yeah. (laughs) All the specificity for today. Friday, eh, dry. Wow. We don't know if it'll be hot, cold, just dry.
0: Okay, I'm very concerned right now. Yeah. I know you're too young for AM radio, but do you get this reference? pardon me sir I'm with the census are you married or happy Henry <laughs> married <clears throat>
4: no I do not did you ever watch the three stooges I have yeah but not a like I never actually like I think when it came on when I was a kid on like Fox 64 or whatever would come on um I wasn't a big fan honestly
0: don't you blaspheme in here. Don't I you know. blaspheme in here. No. It's not like we're talking about Benny Hill. We're talking about the Three Stooges for crying out loud.
4: We used to play the Three Stooges cartoons on here on uh, on Saturday mornings on AACS. Really? Yeah, it was part of the – so they had, um, uh, you know, public domain cartoons that they'd play. Oh, okay. Uh, for That would be a Saturday morning cartoon session for like two hours. And then, um, yeah, Three Stooges was one of them, the Three Stooges cartoon, which is probably from the 60s, right? Yeah. 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 Had a 60s vibe to it. Okay, p- I'll throw the headphones on for just a second. Sure. Is the v- headphone volume way too high like
0: it always is? <clears throat> just asking. Okay, hold on. You see, are you married or happy? Henry! Henry's smart enough to duck, so he ducks. <laughs> So when the wife throws the vase at Henry, it doesn't—it misses Henry and hits Mo right in the mush, and he goes tumbling down the stairs. Sure, oh. it's not as funny as their pie fights, but come on. Uh, Agent 20 is written in as Sheriff Harreau up for re-election. Uh, not yet.
4: It's like a six-year term, right? Yeah, it's right? a
0: six-year term. He just finished his first year. Very um,
4: senatorial-esque over here, huh? Yeah,
0: exactly. Well... I do um, I
4: said the S because senatorial is already the adjective.
0: Good. That's like irregardless. No, no, <laughs> regardless is the word, not irregardless. Um, but uh, no, uh, so the, that'll be, what, a f- little less than five years from now. Uh, he'll be up for reelection. Um, he may run for reelection, uh, but he's, uh, he's uh, said that uh, two terms is the most uh, he will serve in that position. Uh, but he is fundraising if you want to donate. Or if you want to start donating to his opponent, Agent 95, that's perfectly acceptable as well. And rats, I was just going to say something. <sighs> Not easy being this stupid. I lost my that's train right. of thought. It's all right. Ah, what's going on in your world? When does uh, when do classes start up at Worcester State College again, home of the Lancers?
4: Um, Tuesday the 16th, so the day after um, your hero and everybody's, Martin Luther King's. Uh, Uh, Day, and it's actually his birthday. Isn't the fifteenth his actual birthday too? Yes, fifteenth is his actual birthday. You know why I know that? Because my mom's birthday is the fifteenth, and Ah! she always would say it's (laughs) Martin Luther King's birthday too. Wow! Just like you always, who's who's on your birthday? Aren't you one of these guys who points out like the five people who you share a birthday with?
0: Sean Cassidy. Um. The lesser talented little brother of David Cassidy, and as the lesser talented Healy brother, trust me, I relate to that. Is he
4: lesser talented, or is he less just less good looking? So he didn't get as much.
0: No, he was uh, less good looking. He was lesser talented. Uh, yeah. You following the drift here? Boy, yeah. can I relate to that? Again, if his name was Sean Shablotnik, trust me, he never would have had a recording. Was deal. there
4: was there someone who was like uh, a, like the lady, Not not for like athletic prowess, but just considered one of the Healy boys who was considered like the hot guy in town or something for the ladies? Like, th- th- was he considered, like, the best-looking? Was there, uh, like, a really good-looking, Believe it or not, brother?
0: Mike was considered good-looking. I don't
4: not believe it. About um,
0: uh, but Mike like my Mike and I were shy around the ladies. It's funny. Mike John and I are shy yeah. around the ladies. My brother Rich, uh, who's the oldest, uh, he's 11 and a half years older than me, uh, about a year and a half older than Mike. Uh, so he's what? He's, uh, he's uh, what, 76 years old right now?
4: Is this the Socialist? Demso- the dem- Democratic Socialist-esque one? Is that is that Rich or is that?
0: Uh, that's more John and Mike, John, okay, Mike and I. Yeah, rich okay. rich is the one who's so far left, he loops around to the right. He's the horseshoe principle. Um, he's the one whose uh, best friend is a Jewish gentleman, and nobody on planet Earth ever born hates Israel more than my brother Rich.
4: Yeah, so, no, he's, he's yeah, kind but, of the but socialist. Rich, no? rich is one okay. of those
0: uh, 76-year-old mm. guys who thinks every hot woman on Earth is still attracted to him. Um, but no, my brother John, uh,
4: seventy-six.
0: <laughs> yeah, my brother John. Um, um, you know, how do I know? How, how do I judge how good-looking people are? No,
4: I meant like, was the what was the mystique in uh, in town? Like, what what was the? Every
0: mother in Westboro wanted their daughter to marry John Healy. Okay, he was a tremendous athlete, modest as hell, wicked smart, uh, good-looking, and every mother in Westboro wished I would just shut the hell up and let them think for just a few minutes. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, My, uh, still remember John writing Janet on his school notebooks in like 6th or 7th grade, his first girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs>
4: it's weird like how the way moms think of teen boys sometimes and you're like, it's like they really do take stock of like how good looking a boy is, is live value. It's weird. It's like, well. so there was this, I had this friend, Sean, who was a, I lived in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. He's from North Kingstown. He was a bad kid. He had been like in trouble for dealing drugs. He had actually gotten arrested. He had you know um and my mom's like he was coming over to the house she's like he cannot sleep here or whatever right no way can this kid sleep hide here. the good silver so um my but my mom was out you know and then uh the next day he comes back in the morning because we had to go find – so he stayed in East Greenwich, but we had to find. I had to find a place for him to sleep, right? So we slept at my other friend's house or whatever just so he wow. could have somewhere to stay. And then in the morning, we came back to my house, and my mom saw that he had, like, blossomed into a good-looking guy. Oh, and all of a sudden, she's, like, okay with Sean.
0: Like, she hated him. <laughs> and all of a sudden,
4: she's like, oh, hey, you know? I'm like, oh, God, Mom. This is ridiculous. He's a teenager. Stop it.
0: Well, that should have been uh, – yes because yeah. yesterday was a uh, man-watching day. Yeah. It was a day of celebration for people like Carol and and others who, who constantly objectify men. I hear there are some men who objectify women. I haven't met them yet, but I hear they're out there. <clears throat> yeah. 774-287-6194. I'm not reading this text from Carol. Stop it. Self-praise is no praise, Carol, and neither is praise from someone's partner. Um, oh, she's saying 50- that, that you'd be
4: great for the Red Sox? No, no. <laughs> is
0: that what she's saying? You'd be great for the Red Sox job, especially on road trips and you'd be out of the house and I could have my garage emptied. <clears throat> no, so I
4: applied for a job at Nesson and then it was I was um in the job that like you'd go to uh you'd travel, you know? So you'd go with the Red Sox around, right? Yeah. So they're like, um we'd go to Canada. Oh, no. You'd go to Toronto a lot, right? So I was like, Okay. So they said, um, so it, they told me I'd be going to Toronto a lot. So I was like, oh, so I w- at that time I was um, getting a passport. Yeah. So I went and I got um, I got the thick passport. Okay. <laughs> and I, I didn't get the job. <laughs> so I've gone to one place. Because you can buy like a thicker you – can, you can request the thicker passport. Oh, okay. Book, you know. And I get the thicker one thinking I was going to be going like every three, two to three weeks. I was going to be <laughs> going to Toronto. You know what I mean? If I get this job. Because it seemed like I had it. And I didn't get it. But uh, they ghosted me actually, which is annoying. But um, – yeah. I got the thick passport. And I barely used it. I went to Costa Rica.
0: In 2005, uh, when I was the voice of the Worcester Tornadoes, champions of the Can-Am League, how come I didn't need a passport on the two road trips I made to Quebec City? You
4: didn't need uh, a passport to Canada for, through, I think, through like the, I mean,
0: pre-9-11, you didn't need a passport to go to Canada. This was after 9-11. This was 2005.
4: Well, maybe. I mean, it
0: took so a do while. You, so if I want to go to Quebec City tomorrow, I need a passport? Yeah, you need it now, yeah. When did that start?
4: I thought it was before, like 2001, 2002, wow. but I mean, maybe it was a little later, yeah.
0: But and then now, in 2007 yeah. or 2008, when I was the voice of the New England Surge of yeah. the Continental Indoor Football League, and we had to go to a game in Flint, Michigan. Yeah. So on the way out, you know, you go through uh, upper Upper state New York, I think briefly into Pennsylvania, and then you c- c- cut across Canada, mm-hmm. and then back into the United States uh, near Flint, Michigan. Uh, going there was fine. On the way back we got stopped at the border Mm -hmm. Uh, border patrol agents came on the plane on the plane on the bus looked through everyone's documents next thing we know they're taking the starting defensive end off of the bus because it was an outstanding warrant against him for cocaine trafficking in connecticut Mm -hmm. uh so we were so the bus they so they took him off the bus but then the bus was not allowed to continue through canada and we had to drive south all the way down and around lake michigan uh, turned a 12-hour trip into a 16-hour trip uh, to get back from Flint, Michigan. Wow! Uh, so, if you want to drive through Canada, don't have a cocaine trafficker on your bus. Rats. Yeah.
4: So my daughter. Real went...
0: shame it is. He was a great defensive yeah. end. And yeah. your daughter, your your eldest daughter, how old? 21 okay she's at the university of vermont i've been asking for three years now i want your daughter to take a selfie in front of my father's hall of fame hall of fame plaque and she just won't do it what's her problem what's the building pardon me what building is it in it's the building where the athletic hall of fame is what's the building called Do you know one of the athletic buildings okay all right all right i'll try i'll look that up for you all right i'll meet you halfway i'll i'll send you uh, what building it's in and come on, because she's—is she a senior now? She's a senior, yeah. yeah. So really, she has time. I'll
4: be—I'm picking her up from the airport today, so I'll be. She'll be in my car, so I can uh, tell her that. I can remind her one more time, or I can even ask. Yeah, if you want a selfie of her, though, she has to do it. I'll ask yeah. her, and her, so her boyfriend's in the car too, so I can ask them to do it together, maybe. Oh, okay. Like make it a little—a little romantic uh, trip. <laughs> um, <laughs> Athletic Hall of, of Fame, because he goes to UVM too. They're both graduating.
0: Okay.
4: Yeah. Oh, but I was going to say she um she went to Peru last year and her best way to fly there was to go up to Montreal and then to, and I was like, "Oh, that's what people do that in Vermont. They like go up to Montreal to catch a flight somewhere." It's weird. You wouldn't think it, you know. You think go to Logan, but Logan's so far honestly from from Burlington. It's like 3 hours, right? Yeah. Three well, and a half, probably, yeah. Ra-
0: oh, here we go. Uh, University of Vermont Athletic Hall of Fame, established in 1969. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, bu- bu- it's am going to give you the address. It's not going to give you the name of the building, probably. 97 Spear Street, Burlington, Vermont. UVM Athletic. Bu- 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 bu. All right, I'll have to look that. I'll text you later on when I find out what building it's at. Department's okay. History Links... All right, let's look at the picture. Oh, well. Anyway, 774 to, uh, actually, I'm in studio. You can call 508 222 1320. 508 222 1320 is an uh, alert number to call in. Um, Carol, this is a question for you. You can even call in if you like. Um, a story I'm completely unfamiliar with. On January 9th, 1955, hmm. Rosemary Clooney was at number one on the U.K. singles charts with Mambo Italiano. Yeah. The singer's second number one song. The song was banned by all ABC-owned stations in the United States because it did not reach the standards of good taste. Brilliant. Really. So why did uh, ABC and not the other networks have a problem with Rosemary Clooney singing Mambo Italiano? I don't know. Why and does, it,
4: was she? Why does it say that? Uh, oh, well, I guess maybe several people sang it. Was she the first one to do it? Or I don't know. Dean Martin also sang it. I don't know. I think that's the one we hear on the radio. Was the Dean Martin one? Although, like, because it's a guy singing, "Mambo
0: yeah. Italiano." Yeah. Huh.
4: Dean Martin, who's you know ashamed of his Italianness, right, and changed his name, right? Yeah. Or is that Tony Bennett? Or is it both of them?
0: Well, no. That's, <laughs> first of all. They're, <laughs> their agents told them to change their name. Hey. everyone had to have a normal name like John White or Dick Green. Oh, tell in the that day. to
4: Frank Sinatra.
0: Back day, they were they were like rappers. Nobody kept their real name. Frank
4: Sinatra totally changed his name to a to an Anglo name, Sinatra. Come on, man, you could pull it off. Uh, you see now, you,
0: now you got Agent Five all upset. She she gets upset even at the mention of Frank Sinatra's name. <clears throat> okay, where is it? Rosemary Clooney. All right, um, let's hear a few bars of a song that was banned. Banned, I tell you, uh, by ABC here in the U.S. Whoops, it's not ready to go. Mambo Italiano. Uh, This is the short version by Rosemary Clooney. Come on. Oh, I got to get to a break.
4: More mozzarella.
0: (laughs) So, hey, Goomba. Hold on, I missed that line.
4: All right, enchiladas aren't from Italy. <laughs>
0: she's she's messing up her ethnic people. Hey, Goomba, Tony Soprano is not going to like that. Wow.
4: Maybe it was considered uh, stereotyping Italians. I didn't think they'd care back then, but uh, I guess they did. Wow.
0: All right. Especially
4: hey. the enchilada part where it's like you totally mess it up. It's like, ench—it's like no, enchiladas aren't Italian. <laughs> Rosemary Clooney.
0: Wow. <laughs> is there a Mexican section of a... Uh- Italy, I don't know. Um, hold on here. Agent uh, First and 15, there's a flag on the field who you work with at Gillette Stadium. Yeah, good Apple guy. doesn't fall far from the tree in the Angel family. The Athletic Hall of Fame? What building is that in? Athletics. I weep for the future.
4: Hold on. <laughs> no, but, like, is there not... Like a big building with a basketball court that's separate from the building with I don't know you know what I mean sometimes there's like a gym like
0: it's yeah but I'm sure the athletics administration building is close to where the gym or the hockey rink or but whatever it might not be it. in
4: the same building though
0: she's a senior in college I'm sure she can figure it out with her smartphone uh the lovely Carol McLaughlin of the and,
4: and, uh Quincy McLaughlin by the way they keep building new buildings at UVM so it could be they could have moved it they could have done many things. You 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 don't
0: want to know, do you? He's not going to go. The song was considered. um, Oh, it was banned because it was considered the uh, two suggestive lyrics. ABC later lifted the ban. I looked this up. Ooh, so Carol taking Jackie Romanicki's role. Oh, God. So it was considered too suggestive. Not the official Googler of. The, the yes, show, the but. pontificating with Paul in the Proletariat show. All right, we got to take a break here. Okay. I missed the ten fifteen break. Yeah, I uh,
4: I thought I had an interview with Kathleen DeSimone Simone, the mayor at Today, yeah. and it was actually tomorrow. I wrote down tomorrow, and oh. then I talked myself into it being today in my brain. Shoot. And then it was actually tomorrow.
0: I'm so. not going to be here tomorrow. Rats. What does that have to do with it? Whoops. Because <laughs> I'd, I'd have her stop into.
4: No, I'm I'm going to the office. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Tell her I said hello.
4: Will do, sir.
0: All right. Mm-hmm. Um, seven, seven, uh, is the number to call in. You can text at 774 uh, 287 We'll be right back. Uh, listening to Wake Up with Dominic this morning, I don't know what year, but I do know that Fernando Lamas, yes, uh, speaking of Italians, Fernando Lamas was born some year, on January 9th. Uh, Look who's a guest. Look who's a guest on Fernando's Hideaway. New York Yankees owner George Steinbrenner. Uh, uh, we got a remote correspondence, a follow-up from Agent uh, 1st and 15. There's a flag on the field uh, regarding what building is the University of Vermont Hall of Fame in? uh, Let's see, the Athletic Hall of Fame. What building is that in? Athletics, I Weep for the Future. It's a big building with a basketball court uh, known as a gym, G-Y-M, to those in the know. Yeah. Oh, rats. Oh, rats. I I accidentally kicked out a um, Martin Luther King Day public service announcement. Only my all-time favorite American... I've shared planet Earth with. Oh, rats. Why does that keep happening? I'm not typing up there, I'm typing down here. Oh, rats. Ah, welcome back to Pontificating with Paul and the Proletariat. Uh, bursting back into the uh, studio, multiple wow, aw- rats! Multiple award-winning breezy Dave Angel. What's up?
4: Hey, I uh, just wanted to say to um, Agent First and Fifteen, flag on the field. That there are actually six different athletic facilities at <laughs> University of Vermont. So. It could be in any one of these. Obviously, it wouldn't be in the natatorium, so we'll just the leave what? that one out. The natatorium. Natatorium? Where the pool is. Oh, yeah. I know what um, a gym, a
0: cafatorium is, but um, that's what they call a pool building. as a natatorium? Why? That's what it's called. Carol, is there a Latin word meaning water that starts with "nat" or has "nat" in it?
4: Of course, there is. <laughs> but um, so it's in the Patrick Gymnasium, Whoops. which actually not, not, doesn't seem to be the largest athletic building of the bunch. So uh, it's in the lower level of the Patrick Gymnasium. So I'll tell her that. But there are many buildings that are athletics, you know, and so they're probably all not right next to each other either. In the lower level of the Patrick Gymnasium. Yes. Okay. But thanks for mocking me,
0: sir. Yeah. Sir, Agent First and Fifteen. I'm trying to find what year was my dad inducted. That's something I've got to bring in because I've got the uh, VHS. I've got the recorded on VHS tape, yeah. And we could have that uh, digitized here, right? If you pay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> uh, no that, paid services. Does that go for any ACS subscriber?
4: We don't have subscribers. But C- don't 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 give dead air.
0: People who give who. Have double ACS cable, aren't subscribers?
4: No, it's people who just live in Attleboro um, are privy to the services of double ACS. There's no subscribers. Okay. And there's no memberships. Some public access stations have memberships. We don't
0: have memberships. All right. Uh, 774-287-6194 is alert number. 774-287-6194. That's the number to uh, text in. Uh, you can call the show at 508 508 1320
4: yeah, so AACS doesn't discriminate against cord cutters. It's like, oh, you can't get our stuff because you're a cord cutter. You don't pay for cable. Like, people can watch our stuff on on YouTube, right? Yeah. And they don't need cable for that, so. Huh. Same deal.
0: You know, the guys over at North TV think that's the wrong approach for us. But who cares what they think? They're not us. Seven, uh, 508-222. That's true. The amazing Jim Corbin is going to be calling in at 1130. <phone rings> Uh, to tell us how wild and woolly the weather's going to be. Um, well we
4: already know, it's going to be windy. 25 to 50 miles per hour. He can just tell him to stay home. He's fine.
0: Oh, no, nonsense. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, no, oh, okay. Why is a, uh, a swimming pool place called a natatorium? Why? Nautilus. Okay. Is that the Greek god, the Latin god, or the Roman god of all things water? And... Is nat- Nautilus related to Neptune? And why were those uh, workout machines with all the uh, cables and weights called Nautilus weightlifting machines if Nautilus means water, not weightlifting? Remember, Nautilus, Nautilus machines. The the,
4: Nautilus is just the name of that shell. What it's shell? A Nautilus. The animal called the, the Nautilus. A Nautilus is an animal, a, a, like a, can you blow a, a, into a crustacean. It and,
0: can you blow into it and make a noise like a conch? Or is it shell? A,
4: actually is a Nautilus a crustacean or a cephalopod? Is it a cephalopod that, that exists in that shell?
0: Anyway, Bill Keefe Jr. writes in, I mock because I care. Thank you, sir. Because he cares about the UVM Hall of Fame, which obviously your daughter doesn't. You should care about the history and legacy of your college. Um, and that also means birth as a prefix. Did you ever go to a school with a cafe gemitorium? A, a cafetorium, cafe yeah, but, but it
4: was a gym too, so, yeah, yeah. It, so it was a cafe. But they always called it the cafetorium. No, never, at Ar- no, no, sorry, they called it the all purpose room. No, Armstrong School in, in Westboro school.
0: was the cafe That's the cafeteria, the gym, and it served as the auditorium. And in 1967, when we were in fourth grade, uh, they canceled classes for the afternoon, so uh, the entire fourth grade could pile into the cafe and watch the Red Sox against the St. Louis Cardinals in the World Series. Yeah. Natatorium
4: so whole, was borrowed from the late Latin uh, word that meant place for swimming.
0: <laughs> okay. We go. Sorry. Go ahead. But no, you had, the, you had the entire fourth grade in the Cafe gymatorium looking at what then was probably a 21-inch TV, which seemed giant to us. Mm-hmm. That's when we learned Julian Javier is a Herc. <clears throat> um, Lou Brock, Bob Gibson— they whipped us. They whipped us paw in Game Seven of yeah. the World Series. Rats. But yeah, the Cafe Jemitorium. What great places those were.
4: Yeah, that's Forest Park Elementary School. We had a we had an all-purpose room, which is the same thing. Yeah, we did everything there.
0: Wow. Um.
4: We even had Boy Scouts meetings there.
0: Oh, try to think if we ever had. We were we had Boy Scouts meetings in the uh, community house for a while. Yeah. Did we ever have them in? Armstrong? I think we did have them in Armstrong School for a while. Yeah. And um, the cooler guys in Boy Scouts. Was it wrong to go to a Boy Scout meeting and then walking home after the Boy Scout meeting, smoking cigarettes? I was never invited. I wasn't cool enough. But
4: no, I yeah. mean, I never. I didn't smoke cigarettes when I was a kiddo. I don't know. Did you? You did smoke. C- you so that No, was I wasn't
0: like... cool. Well, I first tried a cigarette. Uh, my sister Mary was in seventh grade. I was in fifth grade. You know, with Bobby Valencia yeah. on the side of that hill in Shrewsbury. Um, that's the first time I tried it. I don't think I smoked again. Uh, people usually take up smoking uh, to show they're cool. Yeah. And I wasn't cool enough till I was 34 years old. Can you imagine being stupid enough to take up smoking at 34 years old?
4: That's really dumb.
0: That's I thought, sexually So dumb. My, my friend
4: Scott started when he was like late 16. And okay. I was like, who starts smoking at 16? You used to do when you're like in middle school and you think it's cool. By 16, you know it's not cool. Yeah, and there's well. kids who are – there's like a so, smoking cessation club at school for kids who are trying to quit. No. Um, by then – so the reason I never started smoking is because every morning my alarm clock was my mom going <laughs>
2: – <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, like,
0: I was like, I'm good. I don't want that in my life. No. You know? No, I, I um <clears throat> yeah and then it, so uh h- however old I was uh, what's uh thir- 58 what's 1958 plus 34 so it'll be 92 I don't know around there yeah um I guess yeah and then uh September 20th 2004 was my last cigarette uh, mm-hmm. richard real used to advertise he was a hypnotist and he used to advertise this, yeah. on our worcester stations for you know weight loss smoking cessation stuff like that and uh because i read the commercials and wrote the commercials um uh, i got to go free free and it worked it worked haven't had a cigarette since and then i took up cigars a few years after that Rats. <laughs> But uh, yeah,
4: I think someone like you just need something to do with their hands or something like you because you have a a, ADD. Yeah. But like, well, beyond that, you fidget, you do this stuff. So you just need something. And the cigarette, once you had it, it was like, oh, this is something to constantly to do. Probably. You know what I mean? And it made you kind of get hooked faster. Maybe. I don't know. I should be able to get hooked at 34. Ridiculous. The fact that I mean, you must have just an addictive personality.
0: Carol writes in. Nature, or I'm sorry, Nater, N-A-T-A-R-E. So Nater or natari uh, means swim in Latin. There we go. So there it is. All right. Um, I don't know how we got on that discussion. Six weird traits which show you have Neanderthal DNA. Yeah. Yes, Neanderthal DNA is still all around us. By the way. We, We completely
4: genocided. An entire species, we human beings did right. Our our uh, Homo uh, sapiens. sapiens, yeah, um, just went and raped a bunch of Neanderthals oh. and murdered them. Neanderthals. And that's why there's
0: no lo- That's why they, they, so they have our. They're kind yeah. of in our DNA. But for, you know, for, from the little research I've read about it, uh, Neanderthals were gentler <laughs> and less violent uh, than Homo sapiens were which led to their downfall. And uh, But speaking of Neanderthals, is it Geico or Progressive? Um, we're so simple, even a caveman can do it. And it led to the caveman ads, which led to one of the worst sitcoms in the history of the world. It lasted less than one season, a television show yeah. based on the caveman from the commercial. That yeah. caveman is back. The other night when I was half watching a yeah. game, I turn around and there's the caveman guy is back after 20 years in Progressive commercials.
4: In Proc- Geico. Is it Geico or Progressive? It was Geico. So Geico was weird. They did something that you don't really see much in advertising, where they had they had overlapping campaigns. They were doing the lizard at the same time as they were doing the caveman. They had multiple mascots and stuff. It was, um, it was interesting. Progressive is flow. They never stop being fl- flow and. Oh no! They use know. all kinds of different people. Progressive is basically just flow, and the other guy who is flow adjacent, and they work it together. That's pro- progressive. Doesn't have campaigns that kind of can conf- that are okay opposing here it
0: is the caveman returns the nightmare geico insurance commercial yeah might have to play that uh, geico caveman the original yeah geico caveman the apology all right maybe we'll run some of those later all need right, we're gonna get to a break where are mm-hmm. we here uh 774-287-6194 is the number to text in, but you can call if you'd like to come up with something interesting to talk about at 508-222- 1320 508 2 1320. don't go away, please. Uh gag radio. that one didn't work. All 508-22-1320 is alert Number. 508 1320 Get that back there. Get this back here. I'm trying to find uh, caveman songs. <clears throat> oh well. Anyway, up 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 up. The six weird traits which show you, you, that's too loud, may have Neanderthal DNA. Uh, this is from the Daily Mail, a British website. Uh, In today's humans, up to 2% of our DNA originates from Neanderthal ancestors. This Neanderthal DNA has minor yet noticeable impacts on current human traits, This is a result of an ancient era of interbreeding uh, between West Virginians and Kentuckians. No, sorry, of interbreeding between humans and Neanderthals. As explained by a genetics expert to DailyMail.com, it's thought that humans who migrated to Africa, excuse me, Humans who migrated from Africa to Asia around 60,000 years ago knocked knees with Neanderthals. Uh, they use different verbiage, but you get the point. Consequently, Neanderthal DNA dispersed globally with them. Humans, that is. Genetic engineer uh-oh, Sebnem Unluseler Employed at the London Regenerative Institute, informed DailyMail.com that Neanderthal genes influence various aspects in modern humans, ranging from hair characteristics to nicotine dependence. Speaking of cigarettes, um, Unluisler, Unluisler, U N L U I S L E R, Unluisler. That's an odd name. I wonder if that's an, a Neanderthal name. Uh, on Loessler stated, Neanderthal DNA only makes up a minor fraction of the modern human genome. These genetic influences are merely one part of the complex genetic mosaic that distinguishes each individual. All right, can we get to the point finally? Wow. All right. The six weird traits which show you have Neanderthal DNA. A particular segment of Neanderthal DNA notably heightens the risk of nicotine addiction in in individuals. An ironic fact, considering Neanderthals existed in Europe 40,000 years before tobacco's introduction, Researchers at Vanderbilt University, because they couldn't get into Bridgewater State, point out that these DNA strands might have offered Neanderthals adaptive benefits as they ventured into new territories. Hmm. Hmm. De-de-de-de-de. However, these genetic elements now potentially lead to adverse outcomes, including higher probability of nicotine addiction. The team also discovered associations between various Neanderthal DNA variants. And depression. So, Mike Wallace had Neanderthal traits, not depression, uh, and depression, along with psychiatric and neurological impacts. Genetic expert, back to this uh, on Loosler guy, uh, research indicates a connection between Neanderthal DNA and the risk of nicotine addiction. Individuals with Neanderthal ancestry may face a slightly increased chance of developing nicotine dependence. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, I should have pre-screened this article because it's repetitive, redundant, and reduplicative. Wow. Give me the bullet points and let's move on. Um, uh, moving ahead. Ah, Neanderthal DNA plays a significant role in shaping the hair characteristics of modern humans. Uh, individuals possessing thick, straight hair possibly indicates Neanderthal heritage. Um, uh, a renowned genetic uh, let me see uh, this uh, unlooseler guy again uh, Neanderthal DNA has been scientifically linked to diverse hair traits come on, come on, come on uh, individuals who carry Neanderthal genes are more likely to exhibit slightly thicker or straighter hair okay, my hair is straight but not thick uh, compared to others this is fascinating, a fascinating insight into our evolutionary history and its ongoing impact on human genetics. Uh, there's also evidence suggesting a greater prevalence of a genetic variant associated with red hair among Neanderthals. Wow. Wow. And people with blue eyes and red hair are pretty darn rare. Who knew? Who knew? I got strawberry blonde hair. Well, barely strawberry blonde. Both my kids, though, are redhead redheads. Wow. Who knew they're Neanderthals? Yeah. Genes inherited from other populations, including Neanderthals, might determine how easily you wake up in the mornings. Studies indicate that genes influencing the body's circadian rhythm, which regulates our sleep and wake cycles, have Neanderthal origins. Okay, that's boring. Slip ahead. Get ahead. Get ahead. Uh, Clock genes tied to the circadian rhythm uh, come from a Neanderthal DNA. These genes likely aided early humans in adjusting to areas with significant day-length variations. Um, The influence might stem from the epigenetic factors like climate, social dynamics, and exposure to light. Individuals with Neanderthal heritage may experience different sleep-weight cycle patterns. Wow. So, Carol, maybe that's why you have trouble sleeping. Maybe the reddish hair and the weird sleeping cycles uh, means you're a Neanderthal or have some Neanderthal DNA. I don't know. Um, University of College, a study by University of College in London suggests that tall noses extending prominently from top to bottom can be tracked to Neanderthal DNA. So, That means Carl Malden had a heck of a lot of Neanderthal DNA in himself, didn't he? Oh, a chromosome region inherited from Neanderthals increased susceptibility to COVID-19. Individuals carrying this Neanderthal-derived genetic region were found to be more prone to severe COVID-19 symptoms uh, and lung complications. Wow. Uh, da, 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 da. And then they list four long words for four uh, variants that come from a Neanderthal DNA. These four variants are believed to play a role in triggering cytokine storms, a critical and often severe reaction occurring in intense cases of COVID-19. but up and up 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 and up, ah. Coming from someone who is never. Oh, it's the top of the hour. It's eleven oh two. All right, let me wrap this up, and then we'll get to the top of the hour before the FCC gets on my back. Um, genetic contributions from Neanderthals may influence how easily you tan or burn in the sun. A two thousand eighteen study by some people who do studies. Uh, in Germany, examined this aspect by comparing Neanderthal DNA with that of uh, 112,000 participants in the UK Biobank pilot study. The research identified several Neanderthal uh, DNA variants that contribute to variations in skin and hair color. Uh, People with Neanderthal ancestry might exhibit Different skin tones, ranging from lighter to darker. Some possess uh, variants associated with lighter skin, which could have offered better resistance to UV light in areas with less intense sunlight. Huh, huh. So if you've got red hair, a big nose, burn easily, can't sleep, and are addicted to cigarettes, you might be a Neanderthal. That took a lot longer than it should have. Uh, We'll be right back. <clears throat> he just said that. All right, all right, all right. Moving right along. All right, welcome back. Hold on. Let's get a couple of remote correspondents in. Um, oh, that's right. Uh, Agent uh, Dan McCurney writes in. Now it's the famous tipperillo for you. Actually, they're called uh, Jules Sweet. Jules Sweet's uh, cigars. Uh, wooden tip, not plastic tip. Plastic tip is low class and destroys Mother Earth. Wooden tips are biodegradable. But yes, you're right, Dan. Yes. Uh, No more Gaspers. Um, Ah, the lovely Carol McLaughlin of the Quincy McLaughlins texting in. I was hooked on the trilogy of books, Clan of the Cave Bear. Story of Cro-Magnon women raised by... I'm sorry... Story of a Cro-Magnon woman raised by Neanderthals. A lot of research went into the books. Very, very interesting. Well, Carol, we have about 87,000 books in the house. Uh, The Clan of the Caveman books, are they still in the house at Harvey Lane? And speaking of birthdays, uh, there's someone out there who was born on this day in 1944. So how old does that make him? Da, 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 da. Oh, the Sun Chronicle doesn't have this listed. Oh, yes, they do. Oh, so a certain uh, guitar player is 80 years old today. 80 years old today. And he is the guest, um, he made a guest appearance playing guitar on this song by The Who, even though he was never part of the band The Who. Who is the guest guitarist? on this song, who is 80 years old today. Anyone know? Who's the guest guitarist on that song by The Who? I can't explain, who turned 80 Years old today. Rats. Get rid of that. All right. Um, Coming up to uh, eleven, twelve. 12. <sighs> where am I? Where was I going next? I used to know. Oh, hold on. Uh, but, but, uh, do I have this article? Oh, where did it go? I had it up earlier. Ah, oh, darn the luck. All right, uh, January 9th. <clears throat> It is Balloon Ascension Day. Balloon Ascension. Sure, not nearly as impressive as our Savior's ascension into heaven, but still, Balloon Ascension Day. There it is. On this day in 1793, Frenchman Jean-Pierre Blanchard, using a hot air balloon flew from Philadelphia to Woodbury, New Jersey. Pardon me? Was he retreating from Philadelphia? Oh, come on. Just because he's a Frenchman doesn't mean he was always retreating. Stop that. Stop that. But it also gives us a chance um, to discuss one of the greatest F Troop episodes ever, where Harvey Corman guest starred as the uh, Prussian, Prussian ballooneteer. <clears throat> Is that what you call balloonists? What do you call balloonists? Balloonists, not ballooneteers. But yes, Harvey Corman appeared in F Troop as the Prussian balloon uh, expert. And yes, the famous episode where Chief Wild Eagle exclaims, It is balloon, uh, which we played numerous, numerous times uh, on the show. Under the heading of, uh, There's two kinds of movies. Well, three kinds. Uh, one is uh, the, was we talked about a lot, the put down the remote movies, no matter. How many times you've seen the movie? In my case, I might own the DVD, like the Blues Brothers. I might have the movie memorized. Same with Animal House. But if it comes on, I'm putting down the remote. Then there's other movies where once was enough. Sure, it was a great movie, but watching it once was enough. Here's one of them. On this day in 1916, January 9th, 1916, um... One of the greatest follies of World War I in a, in a war full of follies. Wow, 20th century weapons and 17th century military tactics because the generals, just about every single stinking one of them, were just that stupid in World War I. The World War I Battle of Gallipoli ended after eight months with an Ottoman Empire victory as Allied forces, mostly Australian and New Zealanders, uh, withdrew. Uh, That's the first time we saw Mel Gibson in the movie Gallipoli. Great movie, but once was enough. That'll rip your heart out in terms of uh, anti-war movies. Gosh, oh my stars. Uh, Carol, this is for you. On this day in 1987... The White House released a January 1986 memorandum prepared for President Ronald Reagan by Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, showing a link between U.S. arms sales to Iran and the release of American hostages in Lebanon. Wow. Uh, What was the song that WBCN used to play back in the day about Oliver North? Hooray, hooray, hooray for Hollywood. He only did what Reagan said he should. I think Billy West wrote that one. Anyway, 508-222-1320 is Lurt Number. 508-222-1320. Ah, Agent 47. We say to Agent 47, $1 million. You're absolutely right. The guest guitarist in that song by The Who, Jimmy Page. Yes, Agent 47 gets it because he listens to Wake Up With Dominic, 6 to 9 a.m. He, sa- he writes, Jimmy Page, question mark, heard Dominic mention his 80th birthday. All right, there it is. Wow. <sighs> 508-222-1320 is the number. 508-222-1320 is alert number. A rare and coveted job is back. Oscar Mayer seeks a full-time driver or full-time drivers of the o- iconic Mobile. Did we read a story like this last year? Uh, Mike Snyder writes for USA Today. Uh, think you're a hot dog driver? Here's a potential job opening for you, driving the Oscar Mayer Mobile. Oscar Mayer wants to hire a dozen hot doggers for year-long, full-time jobs, driving its iconic 27-foot-long hot dog on wheels. Did the Hot Wheels ever make a um, Oscar Mayer Wienermobile hot wheel racing car? And how would it do over the jump and the loop-de-loops? I don't know. If you relish the chance, you can apply through January 31st on the Oscar Mayer website to be part of what will be the 37th class of hot doggers who drive the Wienermobile, which first hit the road in 1936. Drivers travel and maintain one of the six Wiener traveling an average of 20,000 miles, visiting more than 20 states, and handing out approximately 250,000 Wiener whistles during the year, the company says. Uh, do the wiener whistles bother dogs? You know, they can hear higher frequencies than we can. I don't know. They also create content for the brand's social media channels. Ah, rats. Well, that means I'm out. I just don't do social media because it's antisocial and it sure as hell isn't media. In recent years, hot, dogger, hot doggers ambassador-like duties have included traveling to Puerto Rico. Overseeing 12 weddings in Las Vegas and introducing hot dog-flavored frozen pops in New York City. Hot dog-flavored frozen pops? The title of a hot dogger is a rare and coveted position unique to those seeking adventure and a a once-in-a-lifetime experience, said Ed Rowland, top dog and senior manager of brand communications for Oscar Mayer at Kraft Heinz, Uh, in a statement, statistically speaking, more people have visited space than driven the Wienermobile. We take pride in welcoming the next class who will continue to uphold the tradition of sparking smiles and bringing buns of fun to fans across the USA. Wow. On average, less than 1% of applicants are selected for the position making it statistically easier to earn admission to an ivy league university and learn how to praise hamas and hate israel uh, than become a member of the hot dogger class here's some of the recommended qualifications for the job of wienermobile brand ambassador strong communication skills and social media savvy all right i go one for two there rats by the way, speaking of social media savvy, I don't have access uh, to uh, my the Pontificating with Paul Facebook page. Stop it. Stop it. My daughter does, and Jim Jones do, but I don't. Um, a really great picture from our failed uh, ice skating exp- ex- ex- expedition last Saturday. Uh, my buddy Clay and I, about 30 yards out on the ice. It so was safe enough to walk on the ice. We didn't risk skating on it, though, because... Well, from that point on, it got way wicked thin. Um, But I got to send that picture to either Jim or my daughter. Get that on the uh, Facebook page. It's really a great shot. Yes, it was taken by Clay's brother, Todd, the smartest of the three of us. He didn't go on the ice at all. Uh, So uh, strong communication skills and social media savvy to become a hot dogger. A bachelor's degree, preferably in public relations, communications, journalism, or marketing. Well, I was a communication arts and science major. That's the good news. The bad news, with a concentration in theater. Oops. And a love of hot dog puns is a helpful condiment. Applicants can expect a base salary of $35,600. Other benefits include a weekly allowance of 150 bucks for meals and personal travel, 18 days of paid time off, a full health benefits package and 100 percent of hotel expenses covered unless you steal nip bottles from the minibar. So there it is. You can drive a Wiener Mobile for Oscar Mayer. Uh, We'll be right back after this on 1320 W.A.R. Whoops. (laughs) Here they are at the dance club. Wow. Ah, there it is. Crystal Gale. Wow. That's enough of that one. Uh, Crystal Gale, 73 years old today. Yes, the uh, Loretta Lynn's little sister. Loretta Lynn's little sister, Crystal Gale. By the way, speaking of war, again, it was this day in 1916 that the eight-month failed siege of Gallipoli ended. Yeah. Um, On this day in 1861, the first shot of the Civil War was fired. uh, Mississippi becomes the second state to secede from the Union the same day the Star of the West, a merchant vessel bringing reinforcements and supplies to federal troops at Fort Sumter, South Carolina, uh, retreated, retreated. Uh, in the face of artillery fire. Wow, you mean they meant it? Yeah, darn the luck. Uh, Of course, we could have negotiated our way out of that. Uh, Bursting into the uh, studio, unannounced and uninvited... (coughs) Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, squirrels and ocelots, give it up for Lee Fremo. Oh, hello there. Hello, Lee, the second groupie of the Pontificating with Paul show.
2: In 2016
0: or something like that. Gosh, I think it was 2015.
2: It's close enough. Might have been. <laughs> I lose track of time. Believe me, yes, I really do. Uh, Except when it comes to the '60s and '70s and the music. I was going to say, back then, when you
0: became a groupie to this show, you were just some average Joe, some regular schmuck. Uh, now, now, you—you uh, you are a big deal radio personality.
2: Yeah. I've uh, been off the last couple of weeks. The things have been rough up in Watertown, so I've been Ooh. back and forth up there. Yeah, Adrian's brother is unfortunately not doing well, and his time is running out, and uh, she's well, been tearing apart at the seams. So where the
0: hell's Adrian? Whoops. Where the hell's Adrian's boyfriend in all of this?
2: Oh, he just took off for Guatemala again. He goes there every winter. He's about as supportive as a uh, you know the straw oh, wow. on the camel's back. Ha! <laughs> But, you know, that's Well, at least choice. he's
0: not vacationing in Thailand. There'd be something else to worry about. <laughs> uh, 508-222-1320, uh, if you want to say hello to me or Lee, host of Looking Back with Lee, Thursdays, 3 to 5 p.m.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll be on this Thursday for sure. Great. Uh, the amazing Jim Corbin is going to be calling in shortly uh, with a meteorological update. Oh,
2: boy, we uh, need those today. For Every time I turn on the TV, it looks worse and worse.
0: Rats. Uh, I believe the proper verbiage is uh, worser and worserer.
2: You know, much worserer, be- yes. depending on. Uh, it, it sounds like it's going to be almost a hurricane the way they're describing it. Rats. Well, it said 60 plus miles an hour. That's what they're predicting. First they said 40, 50. Now they say 60-plus. The thing must be strengthening, uh, you know, as right. it gets to the water and then comes up all right. to us.
0: All right. We're going to go to a break now, so we're all set when the amazing Jim Corbin calls in. Lee Fremo's joined us in studio. Should be a riveting last 30 minutes of the show. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be better than the first two and a half hours of the show.
2: Well, you had on Paul Giroux before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I heard him. Yeah, I heard him. You were discussing the uh, Middle East War and all that sort of thing.
0: And and piling on poor Agent 95. Wow. We'll be right back. What did I hit? I didn't know Crystal Gale had a stuttering problem.
2: (laughs) Only when you play her. All
0: right, can you – this is interesting. There's some songs that you haven't heard for a long time. Like earlier, uh, from the Walker Brothers, The Sun Ain't Gonna Shine Anymore. Oh, yeah. That's a a forgotten 45. Hadn't heard that song in decades, and I was like, wow, this song is much better than I remember. You know, I could
2: probably add that to my playlist. I'm not sure if it's on there.
0: Uh, With apologies to Crystal Gale, Loretta Lynn, and anyone else related to them, I sincerely apologize. I had forgotten that this song stinks out loud.
2: I have never been fond of it, believe me. I've never been fond of that one. Oh, well. That's about early 1979, somewhere in there.
0: Well, here, with apologies to Crystal Gale fans, I'm hitting the fade button.
2: (laughs) Good. (laughs) No, she's got a nice voice, but whoever whoever wrote that song, I think they goofed.
0: Stop it. Edward, was that S. Horton? That uh, last PSA? I wonder if he's related to Edward Everett Horton. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry, didn't have to Edward, <laughs> Edward Everett Horton, Horton. Oh yes, the narrator to Fractured, Fractured Fairy, Fairy Tales. Tales.
2: I remember that he was great oh. on that. He was great, and he was—he was pretty up there in years when he was doing that show.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And then after that, he did. I don't know. F troop. For the first 11 episodes of F Troop season 1 1965 to 66 39 episodes all black and white for the first 11 episodes yeah. Edward Everett Horton was Chief Wild Eagles right hand man oh, I didn't and the know that. medicine man then he suffered a terrible stroke yeah. and I never worked professionally again yeah. then Jamie Farr came in for the next two episodes of F Troop. You're the F Troop expert. I know that. Uh, Jamie Farr was on for two episodes of Chief Wild Eagle as Chief Wild Eagle's right-hand man, but the makers of F Troop realized something that the makers of MASH never did. Less of Jamie Farr is more, and uh, he lost the gig. Jamie Farr lost the gig, and that's uh, when the guy came in who played uh, Crazy Cat. Who was bucking for the chief's job? I came remember
2: in. that character, yes, but I didn't watch it as regularly as you did.
0: I own, I own, a D, I own the, every episode on DVD. Uh, okay. Hold on. Um, I'll play this for Carol. Um, is this from the. Uh, oh, this is the latest ad uh, from all of the lifelong Republicans Uh-oh. who have a heart and a soul. <laughs> And a basic sense of human decency. You you actually admit that there are some. And a functioning backbone. You know, those Republicans who despise him as much as I do. Here's their latest entry. Mm. And then it says, uh, he did it before, he'll do it again. How about when uh, Mitch McConnell there and Ted Cruz, uh, when they had a penis and a backbone, (laughs) blaming the insurrection on him. And then sadly, they realized how stupid and how many of his supporters are stupid enough and evil enough to believe the big lie. And they've been kowtowing to him ever since.
2: No, the election was not stolen.
0: Speaking of people stupid enough or evil enough to support Donald Trump, even though we love him, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the amazing Jim Corbyn calling in. Let's not talk politics. Let's get right to the weather. Right. Yes, we'll leave the hot air to hello. the atmosphere. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we
2: need hello. the forecast today, Jim.
0: I know. Hello, uh, Paul.
3: Say hi to Lee. I know. I was just going to say, say, say hello to Paul. I'd say hi.
2: And hi hello. for, for hello. both of Thanks. us, I guess. Hey. <laughs> and hello, Lee. Yes, definitely, Jim. Nice to talk to you again. Speaking of
0: the Three Stooges, highly, high-low, highly, (laughs) high-low, highly, (laughs) high-low. Boy, we go off on some tangents You missed an early portion of the show. Dave, I'm throwing out Three Stooges references, and Dave Angel wasn't familiar with them. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Can you imagine living your life and not knowing that the Three Stooges took uh, the senses for a while? Oh, Yes.
2: Henry!
0: (laughs) Mary.
3: Anyway, we've got a uh, Saw Easter headed this way. Now, some people would rather have that than what we had the other day. Not that we had a lot of snow here, but we did have some accumulation. No snow this time. Now, the only difference is, uh, well, the the difference with this one, obviously, it's going to be mainly rain. But we may briefly start as a few wet snowflakes right at the beginning uh, some of the precipitations could come in as early as around 5 o'clock. So it's just about as it's getting dark late this yeah. afternoon. Yeah. By the way, sunset at 432. So we're, we've gained almost now 20 minutes of daylight in the late afternoon. Uh, 4, 413, I think, was the earliest sunset in Attleboro. Uh, but anyway, rain moves in again. may briefly start as wet snow. That would be more likely up in the hills of northwest Rhode Island, southern yeah. Worcester County, the hills up near Menden, uh, and places like that. But other than that, it's a rain, initially a chilly rain. And then it's going to just warm up all night, and yes, we do have the potential for some power outages because winds will be gusting, I think, about 50 miles an hour. 60 is more likely down on the Cape, but in this area, 50-mile-an-hour gusts, and you do that for about three or four straight hours, uh, and that is enough to knock what some of the branches and trees that were weakened from the storm a couple of weeks ago might be finished off in this one, and then some others. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And also, uh, because we do have still a fairly decent snowpack out there with water in it, Uh, because of uh, the other day's rain as well, acting like a sponge, Uh, that water has to melt. So we're going to have some street flooding, and the rivers and streams are going to be also flooding, uh, delayed probably by a day or two. So the Patuxent River in Rhode Island, Blackstone River coming out of Worcester County and into uh, northwest Rhode Island, Woonsocket, and uh, and then that's going to go right into the uh, bay. But, uh, so we have flooding issues, yep. uh, damage uh, of uh, things still around. Maybe some people still have some of the Christmas stuff or the holiday stuff out on their lawn. That could blow away again. So uh, yep. we have a few hours yet to uh, take that in. I think the wind potential is probably just a shade less than what we had a couple of weeks ago. But, Whoa. again, a lot of
0: things are punch drunk, as we talk about. Oh! Uh, and Remember that? Oh, and you when you referenced this, we were in the old studio, and it was in the summertime, and you were talking about high winds could lead to having punch-drunk mosquitoes. <laughs> there you go. And I stopped <laughs> you in mid-broadcast ball, and said, what a great name for a band. And uh, I contacted my son in Philly, because since he's been in, like, seventh grade, we always try yep. to come up with band names. Yeah. He never likes the ones I come up with, brain dust, <laughs> uh, puking zebras, but he liked... Uh, the two uh, band yeah. names I've given him that he's actually liked, uh, one is Broken Slinky, and you folks <laughs> all know that story. The only other one is Punch Drunk Mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yes. All right. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry I, I disrupted that you.
3: A, no, no, that's all right. That I think was probably a fall event. That's why the mosquitoes were still around, getting ah. uh, you know on their last leg and uh, get, blow the winds around, and uh, they're not as bad. You know how on a windy day it's not as bad with with mosquitoes because they're they're tough to. It's tough for them to fly in the wind, let's put it that way. Yes. Although no, no mosquitoes out there tonight, though. Uh, we're going to have wind gusts, 50, maybe a few brief 55-mile-an-hour gusts. So, again, to, in a, in a, to be serious, this uh, will once again be a rough night uh, with a uh, potential power outages. The, the more closer oh. you closer live to wooded areas there, where there are wires going through the trees. That's why you see frequently in the last few years a lot of trees being uh, trimmed on streets. Uh, they go up in the buckets and trim the trees that go through the wires. Uh, main reason for that is just what will happen tonight. So we're going to have some scattered power outages. Again, you never can predict exactly. But if you live in an area where there's uh, not wires going through or a lot of built-up areas with very few trees, that's where you have less of a chance of losing power. The other thing, of course, you lose power randomly if someone is not paying attention, hydroplanes and smashes into a pole, and then the lights like go out in that area.
0: Yeah. I'm so sorry. What to be the case tonight? <laughs> I'm sorry. What I was I wasn't paying attention. What was that? No, I'm I'll kidding. Go, I'm kidding. <laughs> you want me to go through the whole thing? Again? No, you no, no, no. Just the not paying attention and hydroplating part. Right, that's
3: all right. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. We're going to start in the upper 30s with rain early this evening, late afternoon. It's going to go to 52 by tomorrow morning. Yeah. Uh, winds out of the southeast, uh, veering to the south and then eventually southwest. Most of the rain is between around 5 o'clock. Again, it may briefly start as a few wet flakes, but 5 o'clock to about 8 o'clock tomorrow yes. morning. So Mm. by the latter part of the commute, uh, for many tomorrow, the rain will have ended, but uh, some damage may have been done. So stay tuned. Again, uh, if you have clogged storm, or the storm drain out in front of your house, and you've been lazy, you don't shovel it, open up the drain uh, so the Mm. snow isn't on top of it, uh, then you are a menace to society because uh, you are uh, causing street
0: flooding. Have fun with this, of course. No, Uh, no, you are but Jim, Jim, you... um... Um, Because of you, all of the residents on my street are safer. Because of you, years ago, pointing out the importance of cleaning storm drains, Mm -hmm. I always do that when I shovel now. So the storm drain in front of our house is ready to go. Thank you, Jim Corbin. You're welcome. We're expecting up to three inches of rain in just this period
3: overnight into early tomorrow, and there's about three-quarters of an inch of water still trapped in all the snow that's on the ground. Mm -hmm. So that could be up about four inches of water. All being released from either from the sky or melting from the snow banks. Again, uh, th- yeah, there was a foot of snow or even higher north and west of here, but actually there was less water content in that. I know we talk about water content. A lot of people don't like to hear it, but it's really the mass of snow, not the height of the snow, that really tells you how uh, much there really is. Jim, w- would you. I know. You don't want me to get in No,
0: that? no. Would you recommend life preservers or water wings <laughs> uh, for our listeners as the uh, potential flooding I say, strikes? Volt,
3: both. both, okay, all right. <laughs> and if that, maybe you have a little canoe, too, you know, you could do that. Uh, those that have issues with their basements, uh, this could be the night yeah. once again. We had a few of those, again, earlier this season, earlier in the summer and fall. So, again, not a great night. Some people would say they'd rather have all snow and ten, uh, two feet of it uh, because it's just all the same consistency. So, again, gusty winds tonight. The winds will be roaring. I think the highest winds will be between midnight and 6 a.m., perhaps yeah. peaking around 3 or 4 in the mornings. So, if you have a south facing window, in other words, where the sun is out during the day, that's the window that will be rattling tonight, especially after midnight. You know what this means?
0: I'm going to be sleeping like a baby all night long because once I sleep, nothing wakes me up. Poor Carol. And poor Carol's going to be up all night long. Wait a a minute. What about
2: those trucks that back up and go beep, beep, beep? That That, ruins your nap.
0: Well, that's a special yeah, high-frequency piercing sound. So but it's the, the high frequency that gets you. I guess. But the ra- Yeah, but the rattling wind, that's going to keep poor Carol up all night long, and mm-hmm. I'll be next to her. <laughs> <sighs> wow. Uh, the by story, the way, right? yeah, we interrupt this uh, meteorological update for just a moment. We played um, Talking in Her Sleep or Talking in My Sleep by Crystal Gale. Talking in Your not Sleep. One of the,
3: not one of her better ones.
0: No. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a Crystal Gale fan, but boy, that song stunk out loud. Jackie mm-hmm. writes in... Who was Carol talking in her sleep about the other day? Were you listening, Jim? I was.
3: She was talking about, uh, was it
0: Mark Clark? Yes, Carol. She's mumbling in her sleep at 6.03 a.m. And then clear as a bell, she says, Mark Clark. Just like that? Just like, well, I'm exaggerating a little. But she did say, Mark, Mark Clark, out loud. And I'm like, Carol, is there anything you need to tell me? (laughs) (laughs) How long has this affection for Mark Clark been going on? You know what she tried to tell me? She wasn't dreaming about W.A.R.A.'s Mark Clark. She was dreaming about General Mark Clark, who was one of Patton's under— That's just what I said. Get out of town. If you're dreaming about World War II generals, you're dreaming about Patton or Monty, even Eisenhower. You're not dreaming about Mark Clark. That's a great point, Jackie. I'm sorry, you Jim. You... At,
3: she probably looked it up uh, to
0: find out well-known other names, people,
3: of Mark Clark, and then she found it in the encyclopedia. And that's how she was able to cover her you-know-what.
0: <laughs> Actually, she's enough of a history buff, and she's seen Patton enough times. She probably where... would have known it, too, yes. Yeah, she knew Mark Clark right off the bat. You know, Jim, I'm sorry, you weren't finished with your meteorological update yet, though. No, uh,
3: and so I'm going to ramble on for another uh, 20 minutes. No. You should know. So anyway, all right, so here's the thing. High winds rain. So I highly recommend clearing away the drains in front of your house or you're a bad person. Uh, uh, matter of fact, I did in front of right here at the laboratory just minutes ago coming in. And also, uh, you want to make sure that you have batteries charged, uh, you know, phones charged just in case you do lose power and you don't have a generator. Now, again, this is not going to be widespread, but uh, probably just somewhat less than what we had two or three weeks ago but uh, again the punch drunk trees oh. from the storm a couple of weeks ago those could come down or branches so you want to be careful mm-hmm. now here's the good news the sun will come out mixed with clouds tomorrow afternoon windy winds will down to about 30 miles an hour in oh. gusts. temperatures will fall through the 40s and then we have two really good daytimes thursday and friday sunshine about 42 on thursday again this so far the winter without real oh, true that's... arctic air it's all locked up in canada for the moment uh, then, uh, sunshine followed by late clouds on Friday, at about 45. And how about this? Another potential sou'easter or even a souster on Friday night and Saturday. Yeah. So Saturday is the bad day of the weekend. Yeah. You
0: leave Foster Brooks out of this. <coughs> <laughs> souster, uh, get it? On,
3: yeah.
0: no, I got it. Uh, another storm,
3: though, Friday night, Saturday. Uh, that still looks like a, potentially a rainstorm. Our next threat of snow that okay. might accumulate here. Okay. It's around Tuesday of next week, so we'll we'll monitor that. Um, uh, that one would uh, that one may stay uh, all snow, and if it does, maybe more snow than what we had the other day. But uh, we'll see.
0: Uh, Tom from Taunton, if you're keeping track, Carol's not here today because I'm in studio, not in her office. Uh, but that was just a major league eye roll from Lee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. All right, Jim. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for the warnings. Okay. Uh, thank you for the accurate reporting. Agent mm. Five writes in, as you know, Agent Five. A huge fan of snow. But there are exceptions yes. to every rule. And Agent 5 writes, well, this is one of the few times I'm relieved it will be a rainstorm. Yeah. I think we would be buried by snow. We would. Oh, yeah. Use the 10 to 1 rule. If we get three inches of water, that would
3: be 30 inches. So yeah. I don't think that's what you want. Rarely do we have an all-snow event that has that much water anyway. But okay. uh, we're avoiding it. The cold. still, here's one last thing. The right. first... Real shot of Arctic air could be getting in here by late next week, where we could be down into
0: the single numbers, which we have not seen so far this winter. Wow. <laughs> well, it so, does mean I'll get to skate at least on the beaver pond. This is West not
2: January of 2023 anymore, obviously.
3: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jim, oh, wet uh, did, and
0: I, wild. Wet and wild. Oh, by wow. the way,
3: one last thing. You might even... Uh, see some uh, lightning and a rumble of thunder in the middle of the night, too. That'll oh, yeah. wake you
0: up. Snow yeah. lightning. Mm-hmm. And Jim used snow the words lightning. wet and wild. Yeah. Why am yes. I suddenly thinking of all those ads they used to have for the wet T-shirt contests yeah. in the Hampton Beach yeah. Clubs back in But they in the do day.
2: call it snow thunder. They actually do call it that.
0: And they actually yeah, do well, call the... them wet T-shirt contests as well. They're <laughs> <Yes>. not related. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs>
0: well, if anyone's cutting out tonight well, uh, although... with a T-shirt on... They're uh, both wild. wild. That's
3: no. for sure. <laughs> wild tonight. And we'll talk again. There's a chance, Paul, I might I have another road test in the morning. But it's is uh, a chance I might be able to check in right before, right around this same time tomorrow,
0: if that's all right. Great. Uh, I'll be in the man cave tomorrow. The man cave. Okay. All right. Otherwise known as? Carol's office. There you go. All All right. right. See you later, Lee. Okay. Nice talking to you, Jim. (laughs) Nice talking with you. All right. Uh, Speaking of the lovely Carol McLaughlin of the... Quincy. McLaughlins, I meant to mention this earlier. Rats. Um, There's all kinds of special holidays today. Uh, We told you it's uh, Balloon Ascension Day. Some French guy... Uh, flew a balloon up in the air on this day. He was retreating uh, from Philadelphia to uh, someplace in New Jersey. Uh, International Choreographers Day, National Apricot Day, mm. Castleette Day, whatever that is, National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. There you go. Uh, National Poetry at Work Day.
2: <laughs> Roses are red and, you know, okay.
0: Write, that to, you,
2: write that to your boss. See how, you, how far you get. <laughs>
0: Uh, National Shop for Travel Day, National Static Electricity Day. <laughs> in honor of the lovely Carol McLaughlin of the Quincy McLaughlins, it is National Word Nerd Day. Oh, boy. you She's got everybody beat on that one. I know what you're thinking, Jackie. If it was really Carol's holiday, it would be National Word Nerds who are secretly in love with Mark Clark <laughs> Day. <laughs> <laughs> Who are word nerds? They're most likely logophiles, or Mark Clarkophiles, take your (laughs) pitch, Uh, which are people that love words. Word nerds love to read, have a dictionary, use a thesaurus. They may enjoy etymology, which is the study of words and how meanings have changed throughout history. Um, You know, Like you have some time to kill. Maybe you're in a waiting room at a doctor's office or something. You have plenty of time to kill then. And you might might doodle or read passing time. Yeah. Carol will make lists of words. She'll like pick a theme, words that start with B-L, and then just make a list of... of, And if you look in her work notebooks and you see the back pages, just these lists of words after words after words... And someday it'll be like words that start with, you know, P-A. Yeah. See, I would, I, would be, I
2: would be blank on that, Yeah, but I'm B-L.
0: And then she, oh, there it is. <laughs> Very good, Lee. You slipped that one right by me. That wasn't a swing and a miss. That was a call strike looking. But so so this, this, she is such a word nerd that she thinks it's a fun way to pass time to just make lists of words. Wow. And then she thinks it's fair when we compete in Scrabble. Uh, it, really wow it's like wilt chamberlain playing one-on-one basketball against a third grader it's just or a against lo- me okay so that's uh so that's for cow okay or against you against me yeah
2: the little league coach told me to go play basketball and the same thing happened over there
0: agent 50 uh, first and 15 there's a flag on the field you'll love this uh lee is so old Uh, that he was a kid, it was perfectly okay for Little League coaches to say, Fremo, you stink. Yep. Get out in right field for two innings and don't touch the ball. And don't stop until you hit Fall River. Yes. And his mother didn't complain. And then uh, when your baseball coach recommended you take up basketball, so Lee takes up basketball, and his basketball coach recommended Lee take up baseball, (laughs) it was a vicious cycle. But you could swim and you were a good bowler. Yeah. All right, uh, we got to get to one more break. So that's Carol's holiday, National Word Nerd Day. Here's the holiday for me it is Play God Day. What? <laughs> play God Day. Observed annually on January 9th, people may play God or benevolent czar when they put themselves above others, thinking they are better than them, or when they control others' lives in some way. Oh, yes. Or when you're an evangelical, stupid enough to think that God sent you Donald Trump. Wow. People are also seen as playing God when they dabble in the scientific unknown with things like cloning. However, according to most interpretations of Play God Day, the day is about doing something nice for someone to make their day better. You know what that means. Sorry, Republicans, you're poop out of luck. (laughs) Doing something nice for someone and making people's lives better? That's not how you guys roll. <laughs> wow. Uh, Just as if God was smiling down on them with a blessing. In order to play God, one does not necessarily need to be miraculous, as God often works in quiet, mysterious ways. Well, mysterious. They got the right show for that. Okay. Uh, We're going to take our final break and then wrap up uh, the show. Getting to be that time. All right. Uh, Ready, Lee? Let's go. Okay. Okay. Here's the uh, caveman, the Geico caveman, channeling his inner Tony Soprano and meeting with his analyst. (laughs) That's a great line. With your therapist. My mother's calling. I'll put it on speaker. Yeah. Oh, God. Where were we? All right. Very, very briefly. Uh, There are some people who... um, well, they get cynical, they get depressed, and they wonder, is God dead? You know, questions I was asking, like on November 9th, 2016, is God dead? <laughs> <clears throat> well, folks, we have some evidence here that indicates God herself, God herself may be alive and well. NRA trial begins. Oh. Opening arguments begin today, that was yesterday, and the long-anticipated civil trial against the National Rifle Association. Yes, folks who believe that dead children in our schools are a sign of our freedom. Just, how about what Trump said in I the other day? Just deal with it. Just deal with it and move on.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, uh, the NRA, the largest gun rights lobby in the U.S., the trial opens after longtime NRA leader Wayne LaPierre, a subject of the lawsuit, resigned last Friday, citing... <laughs> Health reasons.
2: Yeah, mental health reasons, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, or actually he means health to his savings account after he's done paying all his attorney. Inter- oh, right. wait, the NRA will pay the fees for them, just like the NRA paid for all his luxury vacations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James launched an investigation into the evil NRA's leadership in 2019 amid allegations of corruption and financial fraud. You know why? Because the NRA is rife with corruption and financial fraud.
2: Unfortunately, they're not the only ones with that problem. But
0: That's true. uh, The lawsuit alleges LaPierre and others used millions of dollars to fund personal expenses uh, and seeks to bar the defendants from leading uh, New York's nonprofits in addition to financial penalties. Uh, one defendant agreed to pay one hundred thousand dollars and testify against Ooh. his co-defendants as part of a settlement announced Saturday. The NRA, which was founded after the Civil War as a marksmanship and gun safety club, no problem with either one of those. Right. The NRA used to be such a great organization till it got involved with the Republican Party. <laughs> Just like yeah. it used to be able to respect evangelical Christians until they were bought and owned by the Republican Party and turned from a spiritual wing of the Christian faith to a political wing mm-hmm. of an evil-to-the-core <laughs> political party. Rats. Uh, yes, the NRA, which was founded after the Civil War, as a markmanship and gun safety club, was chartered in Nuevo York. <clears throat> its headquarters are in Virginia. And has seen its membership decline from six million to just over four million over five years. That's a big drop. Yes, current leaders have committed to reform. Uh what's going on in your show tomorrow? Uh
2: Thursday. Thursday.
0: Looking back with Lee, three to five PM on Thursdays.
2: Oh I've already got a playlist set up. I like the fact that the software now has numbers for the songs like it did originally. So uh, I, I had told Jim if he could put a note into the software company, and I guess they listened. It's nice to have numbers there, so I know I have enough for my show.
0: Ah. Uh, Agent First and 15, there's a flag on the field. No more excuses accepted. See me, my phony baloney excuses or Carol's after her dreaming and talking <laughs> in her sleep about... Mark Clark. Wow. Uh, Agent 42. Yay, Letitia James, our hero. There it is. Lee, thanks for dropping by. Oh, uh, sure. I have Carol's car. She has things to do this afternoon, so yeah. I got to take off right away. Oh, no, that, you usually do. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, but but it's it's nice
2: to see you in the studio again. Next you know.
0: time I'm in studio, though, we, let's, uh, we haven't been to our Tex Barry's. In no, a
2: while. no, I, I really like their hamburgers, and you like their hot dogs, I guess.
0: Uh, no, one cheeseburger, one hot dog. One cheese, okay. Actually, cheese dog. They're
2: both excellent. Yes, They're I don't both like the,
0: excellent. And the French fries. Yeah. Just just thin, well done, I, mm-hmm. wonderful. No, Folks,
2: excellent food, really, and I do, I really mean that. Yep.
0: Excellent food. Uh, thanks for listening today. Thanks for Sheriff all calling in. Uh, thanks to Agent 95 for challenging Sheriff Earl. We have no problem uh, with that. Uh, thanks to multiple award-winning Breezy Dave Angel, the professor. And Lee, thanks to you for stopping by. Okay, my pleasure. All right, uh, let's give Adrian our best.
2: Oh, yeah. As I said, she, I think... she's going through a lot right
0: now. Yeah, and uh, tell her I think her new boyfriend is a bum and a loser. <laughs> All right. Um, I've but... only
2: been saying that since she met the guy, yeah. but you know.
0: <laughs> yes, but I'm willing to say it to her face. Yeah. Um, Joan Baez. One of the good guys, 83 years old today. We'll let her uh, cruise take us to the finish, uh, leading up to uh, Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. Ooh, another heavy metal hard rocker from Joan Baez. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fare thee well.